You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 74. If you are not already subscribed, you can find us at Geeks Unleashed everywhere, including your favorite podcast platform. Remember, five-star reviews help us get found by more listeners, so please rate and review Geeks Unleashed on Apple or Podchaser. Uh, On this special episode, we're wrapping up our month of horror with a few special guests to help us talk about Netflix's Fear Street trilogy. And spoiler warning, this is a review show, so if you have not had a chance to watch any of the Fear Street trilogy, you might want to pause this and come back later because we're about to ruin all three films. Um, before we jump into anything, it'd be good for go around the virtual room and everyone introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about your channel slash podcast slash YouTube channel. Uh, start with you, Verno. Do you want to tell us a little bit about about your channel? Sure, man. First, thank you guys for inviting me. Looking forward to uh, to this little chat. But uh, my name is Verno from the Cerebros podcast. I mostly talk comic books. I do weekly spoiler reviews each week and then uh, have on guests each week as well. And we break down kind of the best books of of the week so that's pretty much what i do over on the cerebros awesome man all about you nick yeah this is uh nick from comic culture so i am on youtube and on instagram we do uh, weekly poll videos of the comic books we picked up we do reviews on fridays some tips and tricks on how to get into collecting comic books uh, on sundays and we're just kind of getting into some live stream stuff and i'm also a pretty frequent regular over uh over on cerebros so mm-hmm. you can check us out for our top 10 most anticipated books and we do some review shows uh practically once a month at least so uh, youtube presence ig presence and i really appreciate you bringing me on here awesome man and cookie yeah uh cookie from just little podcast a weekly pop culture podcast it kind of goes over everything uh news related so anything geek pop culture comic books films tvs video games animes everything all encompassed into one i do a weekly show uh it drops every single tuesday i'm also on youtube instagram uh twitter i'm trying to get into the swing of that uh it's a lot more difficult than i thought it would be but i'm on there so you can find me on there as well just little podcast you're taking a little break now aren't you yeah, I'm going to be taking a hiatus either for a month or for two months. I'm going to try to see how it works out. I'm going to try to go and maybe bring on a Patreon. That's my goal. So we'll see what happens. Well, awesome. Good luck. Thanks, Thanks guys. And I also, I, I guess it on Verno's channel. It's about six weeks ago, I think, with Nick as well. So that was pretty awesome. Hang out and hopefully sort some of that again. And wanted to return it and bring you guys across. And uh, before we go any further, I think Jasmine's going to take over the mantle here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so put together a little bit of trivia just to kind of get us in the Halloween-y mood here <laughs> since we're covering this trilogy to me that really felt more like an homage to literally every genre of horror film possible. Um, so there are no winners. My apologies. But, you know, hey, if you come out on top, you get bragging rights for the rest of the <laughs> podcast. So that's that's at least better than nothing, right? Okay, so here we go. Kicking it off, in the first film, there is a mall that plays a really big role in the Fear Street 1994 edition. Can you name another horror movie that involves malls and murder? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, was, oh, what, what, uh, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead? Dawn of the Dead is a good answer, yes. Yeah, cool. Okay. I'll go and with it, Dawn of the Dead as well. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's, sorry. The remake. The remake. Okay. Okay. Dang it. I guess I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. Anybody else? Any other? 
I'm, of- I'm all out of luck. No, <laughs> I, I mean, it. Did, I didn't know about a film, but the whole time watching it, I was like, this feels so much like Stranger Things. Yes. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it did. Uh, so my my entry is The Mist. And I've mm. seen that movie. Great movie too. <laughs> <laughs> the Mist for you know, in case you have grocery stores and horror movies too. That, oh, that whole grocery it. store sequence in The Mist. I have seen the film. Yeah. I have seen the film of that of The Mist, and I actually saw the pilot for the TV series as well. Like. <laughs> That ending. Mm. Oh, right. that ending is horrible. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Worst and anyway, we're not gonna go there. That's a whole other episode. Okay, so next question. Why? Why do parents send their kids to summer camp? I have never in my life seen a movie where it involves summer camp and then there's a good ending. So please name another film where a trip to camp goes horribly wrong. Oh god. <laughs> Every most Friday? of the Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. all right. Friday the thirteenth. Anything else? Uh, I I will name a comic book that has that just as a bonus, which is Man Eaters: The Cursed, and that they explain why the parents send the the kids away so they can go on vacation and party while the kids are gone. So, oh, okay. Well, there's all the right. comic book answer. That's fair. Anyone else? I was sent away as a kid all the time. So, oh no! <laughs> but you made it. You made I'm it. I'm still here. I'm still here. How, how many? How many serial killers were at your summer camp? Yeah, about three and a half. There was a I small believe that. one. There was a very small one that was there. Uh, yeah. There was a what, dwarf serial killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my entry it not exactly horror but Adam's family values because mm. Wednesday burned that shit down at the end and it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> I will that say was a great movie. Yeah. I, I just watched one. It's probably the best one is Sleepaway Camp or Sleepaway Camp 2. Those, not those heard are, of that one. They're, they're pretty much like their old 80s knockoffs. They use the formula of all the Friday the 13th movies, but like the second one is maybe even better than all of the Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> it's great. It's the one back in the day if you were going to the Blockbuster and you saw the cover where the girl's walking and she's got a Jason mask and a Freddy glove coming out of her backpack. And that always stood out to me as like, mm. that's awesome. And it, it's got a little bit of that in it. It's a great old eighties campy uh, slasher film. I mean, oh, sometimes dude. the campy ones are the best ones, right? Right. right. Yeah. I do not, I couldn't think of a horror movie of summer camp, but there was, um, there was a sci-fi one I watched a couple of years ago on Netflix, Rim of the World. They get summer camp. They get summer camp, and it all goes nuts. Like anyway, I liked it. It was it's more of a more of a family film, but yeah, not horror at all. But summer camp, was, <laughs> summer camp, summer camp was in there. Well, I mean, I've done like vacation Bible schools where it's like a week of all of these crazy things, but I survived. It was it was fine, but that was not like camp. It was like drop you off at the beginning of the day and pick you up like in the dead of night every day. Um, all right, just to get to know everybody. Favorite subgenre of horror. Hmm. This isn't my favorite, but it's the one that nobody's heard of that my buddy just invented the name for. And I was like, damn, that's a good one. Is animal horror. Jaws and Cujo and Anaconda and all yes. that. That's just yeah. like, I never thought uh, about that. There is I a approve. genre. I right. I mean, uh, yeah, I think no one's given it a name, but yeah, I reckon you're right with that. I, I like I'll, it. I'll go with sci-fi horror. I like I it. Mean, aliens, right. alien, yes. classic. Yeah. Yeah, I think sci-fi horror is is a really good one. I really like that one. I don't think I have one that I that, dislike. that you would classify a favorite. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think I do. Yeah, now that I think about it, but I really do like the alien stuff and everything. So sci-fi horror is a pretty good answer. I like it. Yeah, sci-fi horror is good. I like. Um, oh shit, I can't remember that name of it. There was a, like a trilogy of sci-fi. Oh, 
It's annoying me now. There was like the first film, pretty much like nothing happens until right at the very end. I'll have to look it up and cut lightly, you know, but it was um, basically the most of the first film, they're hiding out in a hotel and there's like, everyone's getting sucked up into spaceships. There's like a blue light. Does everyone remember what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't sound familiar. I'll Google it. I'll Google it in a minute. But no, there is some good sci-fi. But I think, to be honest with me, I prefer like realistic horror. I don't like... So, I mean, it's obviously Fear Street. There is lots of, you know, there is a magical element. But, like, um, I, I prefer the more realistic horror, like, where it could happen, which I know probably is, you know, something that you don't want to think about. But I prefer, like... I mean, I know things like Scream, and I know what you did last summer. You know, it's unlikely that people wear masks and run around in the woods. And I mean, people. not that unlikely. Texas but, Chainsaw Massacre is based yeah, on a true yeah. story. <laughs> but it's not as common but yeah i prefer things like that rather than the the sort of the more supernatural like mm-hmm. you know where they come resurrected and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff i'm not as big a fan of stuff like that but i prefer the sort of the you know the slasher type genre of of horror so. yeah sci-fi is my favorite scariest movie to me in the sci-fi genre as much as i love aliens uh i gotta give it to event horizon event horizon gave me nightmares oh. forever <laughs> But that is a fantastic, fantastic horror film. All right. Speaking of films that give you nightmares, what is the scariest movie you have ever, 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 ever seen? Oh, I just Googled it, by the way. Yeah, the movie is called Skyline. Came out in 2010 with the blue light. Okay. Later. I'll say, like, my, my childhood scariest movie of all time and still if i'm going down to the basement and i'm doing laundry and i'm coming up i'm checking over my shoulder for pennywise still that's that, <laughs> that's the one the the original 1990s it just scared the crap out of me when i was little okay yeah, def- that's oh, fair. I sh- yeah that's actually fair. no i can see that yeah clowns <laughs> yeah i think um one one of the ones that kind of sticks out in my mind when i was younger was evil dead the original one okay and so because I hate when that girl's just like laughing and giggling in the cellar when the, when the door's locked and she's, and she kind of transforms back into like his girlfriend or whatever. And she's like pleading with them. And then she instantly turns back. It just creeped me out, man. There's a lot of cool <laughs> little jump scares in that movie. And it kind of, it, you know, implanted all over my brain when I was young. So I'm going to say that one stuck with me longer than most. Okay. All right. Nightmare in Elm street as a kid. Cause that was one I snuck oh. out and kind of watched and, not realizing that I can never go to sleep again. I can never have a dream <laughs> for the rest of my life knowing that that's what's lurking in my dreams yeah. uh, to this day. So that's a hundred percent completely fair. I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's a good answer. Yeah. Mark. I think uh, as a kid, like, oh man, like the one, the film that really scared me as a kid, I've got to be totally honest, was Jurassic Park. Like that's <laughs> me like, too. I, I, me too. Well, I, I I saw that at the cinema and honestly that literally scared the shit out of me like yeah. honestly I, I ran out of the theater as a kid watching that in that scene in the kitchen with the raptors I literally ran out of the theater my dad had taken me so it's just me and my dad so I'm in the I lock myself in a bathroom stall my dad finds an usher or somebody to come into the bathroom to like get me out of the bathroom <laughs> to go back so that I could leave the theater and go home but like that movie really freaked me out it took me forever before I watched Jurassic Park again wow but the movie yeah. that terrified me the most, The Exorcist. I didn't sleep for three days mm. after I saw The Exorcist. It was really bad. Very understandable. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, all right. Since Fear Street <clears throat> is based on Arl Stein books, what is the scariest book you've ever read? 
I always say yeah. this is I've had this argument a million times, not argument, but like books never scare you. And it's because <gasps> like it's the it's the music that scares you, the, yeah. you know, the, the jump scares and yeah, all that. Yeah. But I, I, I never remember feeling like ho- scared from books. And I used to read all the Stephen King books, but I, I'll stick with it being uh, maybe maybe the maybe the scariest one that I've read. But they really don't do it for me in that way, you know. Grief, I'm gonna have to agree to disagree on that one. Books, mm. books can terrify me just as much as a movie can. <laughs> Anybody I, else? I can't choose a book to be honest with you. It just, I, I don't like the the genre at all, horror. So that is something mm-hmm. that I've always been afraid of. It's like, why would I want to? Why you want to scare scared? yourself? Why yeah. would I pay somebody to scare me? <laughs> <laughs> I, it just, it never clicked with me. And then it's like, okay, I'm gonna read a book and I'm gonna spend hours reading this book so I can get scared and then yeah. not be able to sleep again. It's like. <laughs> I've already done that with Freddie. I don't yeah. need another one. In yeah. my life. I learned my lesson the first time. I'm good. You yeah, guys are going to laugh at my book. And I don't think I've read, I, I've read a bunch of other books, but they're mostly like mystery or drama or something like that. I don't think I've really read any horror books before. So that makes me feel really sad that I'd never really experienced that genre. Oh, no. In that medium. But I, but I think I'm like Verno. I think I'm like Verno. It's like you need that, that additional sensory input, I think, to really kind of make things uh super scary not to say that you can't be freaked out by a concept but i feel like you know i'm a comic guy so like i can understand reading a comic book and being a little bit freaked out by what you see but like just text on a page you got me curious now to see if that would actually do something to me so man man i think i think i don't read like i don't get time to read many text but like books like actual like novels which i know is bad but like Comics are what I mainly consume when I am sitting down to read something. And um, I would like to say I'd like to have more time to read. And when I do read, it has always something a little bit more sci-fi or fantasy because that's that's what I kind of like. Um, However, uh, really weirdly, um, so I know everyone, we're going to talk about R.L. Stein in a bit, but Goosebumps, obviously what he's more known for. Mm -hmm. Um, But pre-Goosebumps, has anyone heard of Point Horror? um so when mm-hmm. i was younger i there's a whole line of books called point horror books so they were written by various and i was i gotta say i've got to be somewhere between 12 and 14 i think no maybe maybe no maybe i don't know between 10 and 13 maybe there was this whole line of point horror books and they were um like they, they were they were all written by different authors anyway rl stein brought, wrote um i think there was four of them called The Babysitter. Now, I only read the first three because um, I, as the fourth one came out when I was a lot like more like 16, 17 or something and I didn't care about reading. You were too books. cool. By yeah, I, was too, I was too cool. <laughs> I was too cool. But anyway, the, the, I, I didn't get scared by them. Like, I think like Verno and Nick said, like the whole, you know, the, it's like the music and the tension, but they definitely like creeped me out because I was like 10, 12 and like, it was like, you know, this babysitter like you know there's a there's a murderer or whatever and um but yeah so i i would say those books were the only books i remember reading they've always even now like i'm four years old even now i sometimes think about those babysitter books and um how creepy they were like so um that's probably about the only thing i can really say like i'm, I'm not really i would never choose to read a horror book like <laughs> And um, I barely choose to read horror, uh, watch horror movies. So like, uh, so <laughs> yeah. I, to, to, like, I think, I think like Cookie said to actually choose to invest, I don't know how long it takes to read a book, like obviously the size of it, but you know, five, five to 10 hours reading the book. And like, I, I'm, I know it's going to 
by the end of it, I'm not going to sleep. I'm no thanks. Like I'd rather watch, <laughs> I'd rather watch an hour and a half movie and it be done with. Like so. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, yep. don't laugh, but the scariest book that I've read, Jaws. Hmm. Okay. I didn't, even, I didn't know it was a book. Yes, Peter yeah, Benchley. Look out of that. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter Benchley watched the movie and was like. I got I got some expansion ideas I want to play with. Um, no, Jaws really freaked me out. The book is a lot different than the film. Uh, spoiler alert: everybody dies in the book, so uh, <laughs> it's it's. But I think like that that element of it, it's like you never know what's going to happen in the book. Whereas in the movie, you kind of have you know you're like oh, th- some people are definitely going to make it. Um, but I don't. I didn't know at the time that you could write a book about a shark and then i would read this book on the 11th floor of my dorm in college and be scared to go to the communal showers because <laughs> i was reading a book about a shark even though i was 11 floors up like that book really freaked me out it was it's very well written hmm. all right favorite horror film based on a true story was it based on a true story <laughs> yeah yeah definitely <laughs> Well, I, I only I only know this recently, <clears throat> but Scream was based off a true story. It was. Damn, you took my answer. <laughs> it's the only one I have. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay. All right. Maybe Hills of Eyes. I don't know if it's based on it, but the the people are very much true as far as being uh like having relationships <laughs> with your own family and things of that nature and being challenged and mentally challenged in your whole entire like everything about that was freaky i don't know if you guys have seen that movie nope don't watch that kind of movies oh like you said like that mm, they're scary it's creepy and you're (laughs) literally locked like you're in the desert and you're stranded in the desert and these people live in these caves and they're all inbreds so they're completely out to get you they're carnivores Mm -mm. there's no help there's no that sounds like judge dread (laughs) (laughs) really does it's it's crazy it's scary (laughs) I think I watched the remake of that recently. I think they made a remake and then they made a sequel. And I really, I really liked those. I'm looking at a list right here and it says like the list of horror movies based on true stories is like, I don't know if I trust this list. It's got the exorcist, which I have heard that. Yes. That's a true story. Then I would definitely go with the exorcist, but then it was a boy. That was, that's the biggest difference. It was a boy. I think he was German. Right. Yeah. Then it's got child's play on the list. It's got nightmare on Elm street. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't think that happened. (laughs) Wait, so Child's Play wasn't based on a real story? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> the whole thing was, that was just all just bullshit that somebody thought. Okay, um, Exorcist. Then, if that's that, that's true, that that's a that's a killer, yeah. haunting movie, man. That's awesome. Amityville oh. Horror. Um, since Mark took Scream, but I'm gonna go both yeah. the original and the remake. Both of them. I don't know why I watched the remake. I thought maybe like, oh, Ryan Reynolds in it. I can focus on how hot <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is. That didn't work at all. That movie was still terrifying. Um, it worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. Favorite horror film with a female killer? Oh, Mercy. Oh, okay. All right. I don't, I don't know that one, but Sleepaway Camp too. I already mentioned it earlier, but okay. Angela. Angela, man, look her up. She's terrifying. Hmm, that's a really good question. I, I can't remember massive details about it now because it's been a long time since I've seen it. But misery. Yes. Oh, oh my god. That's oh. what I meant to say. Misery, not mercy. Misery. Oh, oh okay, Jeez. okay. <laughs> 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 I got okay. the M right. Right. Yeah. 
I didn't know what Mercy was, so I just was like, yeah, okay. Like, we do. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, we, we, were, we were Googling it, trying to figure out. No, Although, no. was she really a killer? Because uh, was Paul a killer. made it, though. He survived. Yeah, but she could have been a killer. I could have, could have been. I don't know. Do you seem like she'd done some killing at one point in her life? I mean, well, possibly, okay. but can you prove it? Right. Okay, what about the, what about the, what about the mom in Scream 2? How about that? That's okay, it. that's fair. That's uh, fair. I'm going to oh. switch it up and say Chris, uh, Christine. Yes, the female car. God, that yeah. terrified me. Oh, man. Switching it up. Yeah. My, <laughs> mine is The Ring. Samara really fucking freaked oh, yeah. me out when, yeah. when that movie first came out. Yeah. yeah. Got to give it to you. Let, let me add in Pamela Voorhees from Friday the 13th one. She's I figured somebody terrified. was going to say that one. Yeah. 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 She's great. <laughs> okay. Thank you oh. for participating in our little Halloween trivia. <laughs> so guess we'll just go ahead and jump right into Fear Street, part one, 1994. So um, just background, this is based off of the Fear Street books by R.L. Stein. So uh, perhaps most famously known for his Goosebumps series for kids, R.L. Stein's Fear Street books featured teens and was aimed at an audience slightly older than those who read Goosebumps. Uh, the original series started in 1989 with The New Girl and has since developed into 13 different variations. There are approximately 163 books across all illiterate iterations. Um, what I was going to say is those books, those Goosebumps books, I remember them coming out just slightly after the Point Horror books. I don't know if Point Horror was like a UK thing, but I remember like reading the UK and then seeing the Goosebumps things come out and I was like, those things look like they're for like nine-year-olds i remember thinking at the time <laughs> and i was like i'm not reading those <laughs> so. yeah they were definitely always like in the library of elementary schools like they were very much geared towards young kids and he specifically rl stein specifically said that when he wrote fear street he was trying to step it up a notch like he said there's a lot more blood and gore and death in the fear street series than there was in for goosebumps sure. um yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, i'll just say something real quick about goosebumps i have Oh, no way. Oh, wow. I have all my little Goosebumps books here. This is my <laughs> stack that I've been collecting. So uh, when I mentioned that I didn't really get scared of horror books, I don't remember ever being scared while reading these books. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> kind of like you, Mark. But he also did a couple other things like The Snowman and things like so, that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking mm. about. That was a point yeah. horror book. Yeah, is they this a point horror, horror book? book? They were in America yeah. for sure. Be <laughs> Beach House was a big point horror book when, when I was a kid, but hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're holding horror. out on us, Nick, over there talking I, about. I don't read point that horror. much horror. He just, just pulls out like a I know. Is that as big books. as you are? I don't. Yeah, this, I read all these 25 years ago. <laughs> are, those, are those your original books? Are those yours? No, uh, some of them are. A lot of them I get from like you know Goodwills and stuff like that because they have tons of them out there. Because I, I gave away. I really was annoyed. I gave away all my point horror books to some kid who was like five years younger than me to be nice. Which is it's nice that I did a nice thing. But now as an adult, I'm like I flipping wish I'd have kept those books. Because <laughs> now I've got kids myself. Like so, right. be like cool to give them the books. So I might actually start doing that. I used to love the Snowman. Like honestly, like the Snowman was like one of my favorite books as a kid. Yep, yep. It says point, so you're you're, you're there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, he did choose your own adventure kind of Fear Street stuff. So this is my only Fear Street book that I have. Everything else is Goosebumps. So. I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to do it next turn. I'm gonna have to track these books down. <laughs> oh. Sure. All right. So Fear Street Part One, 1994. The screenplay is by Phil Graciade and Leah Yaniak. I'm hoping that's how you pronounce her name. The story is by Kyle Killen, Phil Graciade, and Leah Yaniak. Directed by Leah Yaniak. 
it stars a bunch of people no one have ever heard of yet. Hopefully some of these people will continue to go on to be rising stars. Um, that's, that's all I got for the intro. <laughs> Very minimal. <laughs> it was great. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, so just a sort of a summary. Twin. It's a twin city. Uh, it's caught me between. Between you got two cities. Do you know? It really made me think of the Simpsons. Do you remember they had that rival town? There was Springfield and Shelbyville. You know. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That, that. So anyway, uh, Sunnyvale is the rich side and uh, prosperous, uh, where uh, <laughs> nothing but good things happen. Versus uh, sunny, uh, shady side, which is like Springfield, I think, uh, like, uh, where it is considered. Uh, the other side of the tracks poor misfortune miserable no one ever leaves and uh, Dina is in love with Sam who leaves and uh, moves to Sunnyvale Uh, their relationship is uh, the base of all three films and the centuries old curse seemingly in play uh, with more murders car accidents and uh, where Sam sees the witch uh, which kind of kicks off really all three movies so um, so uh, before I jump into sort of questions and stuff, do you know what? Like I had this whole perception of the three movies of what they were going to be. I was completely wrong. Like I, I thought they were like anthology movies. I thought that they were kind of like the same town, but like, but not linked in any way, shape or form. But I was oh. so, so when, when the movie ended, part one ended, I, I actually honestly thought we weren't going to see the characters again. I thought, oh, cool, cool ending. We'll talk about the ending in a minute, but um when it ended i was like oh cool ending to like leave everything like up in the air like i actually quite liked that because i thought it was standalone and then obviously part two happened and um but i actually sometimes like it when things are left up in the air like so i'm like okay that's quite cool but anyway um so i kind of just go around the room and stuff just before we talk about the movie just how well do you think this compares this obviously came out and it's set in 1994 but in the 90s there was obviously a rife of horror movies and some of them we've talked about at the at the start how do you guys feel it compares to movies of that time you know things like the Blair Witch Project Scream I know what you did last summer there's loads of things that came out like Misery actually uh Flatliners Faculty H2O Berno kick off with you how do you feel it compares to movies at, that actually did come out at that time um it's it's funny because that like the 90s Scream and I might be a little bit wrong but it seemed like Scream is when movies, horror movies, started needing a plot. Before it was just like, <laughs> we get the kids out there, we just start killing them one yep. by one. And then Scream came out, and it was more of a complicated story. And that that's what this is. My first time watching, I'm like, this is too convoluted. Luckily, I had my fiancé with me that's explaining everything to me the whole time. <laughs> but I thought it, I thought they did a good job. I don't, it didn't, the kids didn't feel like 90s kids. But what I've noticed is it's hard to do the 90s like to, to recreate it and make it feel legit. Like there's not too many that do that, but I thought it would, like I said, the first time I watched it, I didn't really care for it. I think I sent you a message, Mark. I'm like, this is terrible. (laughs) And then honestly, I was watching like 20 minute increments. I'm like, I'll get to that another day. And I would put it back on after I watched them all. I did go back. I watched them all again. And I liked it way more just the way that they, put things in there that you wouldn't have picked up on originally and then just as i said it was too convoluted the first time mm-hmm. like overly confusing <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a who done it but it was it was it was a more complicated who done it but i thought it was cool it, it was definitely you could tell like it was influenced by scream obviously you know what i mean but i thought it was i thought it was a good compared to those other ones it, it holds up pretty well what about you nick 
Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of those points and I'm not shocked that Vern Oakland went back and watched it a second time. He does his comic books too. And so <laughs> I, I I love the fact that you you go back and you have time to watch those things. And you I, re- I rewatched the first one, by the way. I rewatched it. I didn't watch all three. Yeah. I rewatched all three. I rewatched I, the first one though. I would rewatch, re-watch them because and we'll kind of get to this as, as we get going with the other films, but uh, you don't quite know that you're going to get this kind of story when you're watching the first uh, not the first at all one right no. and so and, and it's really creative how they kind of just layer it film after film after film after film and you don't even know you're seeing something you're going to see later yeah and so I really kind of appreciated that as far as like the tone of the movie um, I think Virgil's absolutely right it's really hard to capture that magic from the 90s and that mindset from the 90s it did a pretty good job I think Stranger Things did a better job of playing kids that aren't modern kids mm-hmm. modern being in this decade or generation um, so I, I did, I did enjoy that. Of course, there's a lot of tropes to other horror movies that we've seen before and, and other kind of shows and horror shows and things. So I think the overall tone was fairly good. I think it was okay. And, um, but I was kind of like, Verno, I didn't quite enjoy the first movie uh, as much as the subsequent ones that I didn't know it was going to be a continuation story. So that maybe would have changed my perspective of it. Yeah. I think I would jump in and say that the, the first one is definitely the weakest. Yeah, Absolutely. Cookie, how do you feel this compares to other what, 90s horror movies? What these guys said, to be honest with you. Um, I think maybe because I'm not, I don't want to say corrupted because of my lack of horror films, but mm-hmm. I'm going to use that hopefully to go and kind of credit myself <laughs> in this film. I thought the first one was fantastic. I went in this and I was like, okay, this looks like Stranger Things. It's a ripoff from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the trailer. I had no idea what the story was about. And just as it kind of progressed on, I was like, wow. The writing is is top notch. These these kids are doing a really good job. I don't know how old they are. Some of them look like they're like Tom Holland's age, like maybe 21, but they looked and they felt like it was for the me. They felt like the 90s. And I was a kid who was born in the 80s, but I lived through the 90s and really Mm -hmm. enjoyed it. That was my bread and butter. So for me, it was like reliving like childhood. Yes, it was not Minus... Stacey Dash being 32 playing 19. No, <laughs> exactly. these, these kids are all like 19, Hell, 20, 21. Yeah. No, the main character, Dina's 28 freaking years old. Blue is she mind. really? I thought I read yes. she was only wow. 22. Oh, no, she looks 28, unless I've, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to look it up, but I'm pretty damn sure she's 28. <laughs> that blew my mind. It was really, wow. But needless to say, it, like, it, it really felt that. And from the jump, right in the beginning, you're like, all right, where is this going to go? How is this going to mm-hmm. take place? And it all literally unfolds as like a really nice blanket, like a pig in the blanket. And at the end, exactly what Mark said, you're just like, what? What? Yeah. I'm hooked. I'm ready to go. And I literally binge watched all three. Uh, it was it was so good for me. I didn't expect to like it and I didn't expect to enjoy it because I don't like this genre at all. Mm-hmm. But it's a movie that I would definitely rewatch multiple times. Nice. That's some high praise. Yeah. What about you, Jasmine, then? How do you feel compared to other 90s horror movies? Listen, I tuned out immediately in the first film with (laughs) the sequence of the kids going to the football game because whoever wrote that has never in their lives attended any sort of high school that even had a football team because there's no freaking way that you fit 56 high school kids from the team on one bus and the band on the same bus and the cheerleaders on the same bus. That would never happen. It doesn't matter how small of a town you're in. Of course, I live in Texas. I'm completely biased by the way that we run college football down here or college football, <laughs> high school football down here. Um, so that first, that whole first thing, I was like, this, this is not going to work for me. Um, so thankfully, like we got, we got over that pretty quick. Um, 
I thought it felt really cheesy in the way that 90s horror stuff felt cheesy, like the faculty and urban legends and that kind of stuff. Um, but given like it, it felt like it was genuine, like it didn't feel forced. I thought that the acting was a bit subpar for the most part. Um, the, the writing was okay. It kind of stumbled a bit for me, but overall, the overall story, which can't really talk about till you get to all three, but like getting through this first one, it still did kind of throw some surprises my way because there were, there, there was at least one death that I was not expecting. Like it, the one death where I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to kill that character. Like, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not even going to worry about that person. Um, but it did one, like once it started rolling, it was kind of like, okay, where are we going? And why, why are these things happening? And why do we keep seeing the flashbacks and why, you know, how, how do they know? And who's, who's controlling all of this stuff? So it did make me very curious at the very least uh, as to what is really going on in this town. Um, but I still think it's it, of the three films, this one is my least favorite. Totally. I was gonna say in terms of my, my sort of comparisons of nineties movies, like the beginning sequence really did like remind me so much of Scream. It literally was like, I felt like it was taken out of the Scream book. It was more like where, um, I think it was the character, is it Heather? Uh, where she's like running through the mall and getting stabbed in the back and it's all horrific and all that. And I was like, this feels like um, when Drew Barrymore is running and you think she's going to escape and she doesn't and stuff like that. And I also had, I know you shouldn't have hopes for the first person never get attached to the first people that show up in a horror movie come on i did i know i know i I, I did because she was because she's like (laughs) again a stranger things main character like um i've got it written here she plays robin uh robin i think isn't she doesn't she come in the lot isn't in the most recent season of yeah season three and um and i I was like yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. she's the girl who works in again the bloody shopping mall. She works in the the drinks ice, place, the, the ice drinks cream place. shop, ice cream yeah, shop, the ice cream yeah. shop. Yeah, yeah, and um and I recognised her straight away. And again, we've, we're going to probably talk about Stranger Things so much in this show. Um, but so I was like, okay, so she's a big part of Stranger Things. She, you know, I thought there's got to be more to her in the in this thing. And like, I, and because she was quite spicy as well, like you know, flips out. You know uh, better. I know off. you know better. I know, I know, but I was like. <laughs> She's got to survive. She's got to survive. She's like, and she's, uh, she's the Drew Barrymore. She's I know. One, you know what I mean? She's the, oh, she's going to be the star. She's Uma Thurman's kid, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no, I looked that up. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, so there was, there, there was a big part of me that thought, she's got to stand a chance of surviving. <laughs> and, like, and Cookie said it earlier, I watched none of the trailers for this deliberately. Me neither, like, yeah. Like, that opening sequence, though, I thought was, like, literally out of stream. So, but I loved all, all of the references um, throughout throughout the movie, though. I want to talk about the 90s, like, AOL. Do you know how much AOL costs? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> that was great. Like, like, the Walkman scene on the on the bus. Like, you yeah. know, even, I'll talk about music later, but honestly, some of the music, even through all three films, like, um, oh, yeah. well, definitely the first and the second film where there's some good 90s classic tracks kicking in and i i was like honestly there's so much i love about about what well, the music but just all the 90s references and everything but yeah no i i don't know in terms of compare like is it as good it's hard to say is it as good as some of those 90s films probably no um but like i enjoyed it though like, yeah so, um 
anyway, uh, so moving on to next uh, sort of part of this uh, little thingy. Um, I forgot my words there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, knowing that this is obviously part of a trilogy, uh, how do you feel this compares to sort of a standalone movie? And like I said, when I watched it, I thought it genuinely was going to be a standalone. So I knew it was part one, two and three all set in the same town. But I just thought it was like an anthology going backwards and, and sort of showing you like the town's past. And I thought it was and I've seen this done before. I genuinely thought that's what was happening. But like so for I obviously I won't say my thoughts just yet. But yeah, I'll start with you, Cookie. Like, how do you feel? Do you feel it's a good standalone film or do you feel that you can't really watch it as a standalone film? Uh, I don't think you can watch it as a standalone film. I think uh, it leaves so much uh, unresolved and wanting more from it. And mm. now that you guys have kind of opened my eyes a little bit, since I feel that I am a little bit biased, since I don't have as much in my repertoire as you guys do, um, I take it a little bit differently. And I see it as I don't have anything to refer to, mm-hmm. whereas you guys have a lot of references to go by and you can go and say, oh, Scream. And you're getting bits and pieces of elements that you enjoyed from previous films. You're like, I want something original. For me, it's all original. So I get to enjoy it for face value. And I don't see it past that point. Um, but after watching all three, I, I don't think it can stand alone by itself. I think it has to be something that continues on. And I, I'm happy it does. And Verde, what about yourself? How do you feel? Do you feel like stands is able to stand on its own? No, I mean, I, I agree with exactly what cookie said i mean because pretty much like i said that was my experience i watched the first one and i was like (laughs) you know what i mean i didn't love it you know i didn't love the kids i didn't love a lot of things about it but i'm just repeating myself but now having the context i liked it way way more and i was just able to understand it it's Mm -hmm. too convoluted and i've heard that argument or i've heard other people complain about it being too it's all over the place you don't know what the hell is going on who are these people it's confusing but but I don't think it stands alone that that well. Nick, what do you think? I, I just reiterating whatever what everyone said so far. I think that we don't know enough to really enjoy the first one mm-hmm. at its full capacity. I think you have to have these two other films to really give you context onto who these other killers are, uh, what what the what what the power is behind this. Uh, bewitching of everybody, and so I think that I think it does okay, and and, and it, it'd be an interesting. Um, wide open ending if they didn't have some of the, if they answered some of the questions throughout the film, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And they wrote mm-hmm. it to not be a standalone film. So it doesn't work right. as a standalone film, in my opinion, just because it was never meant to. Right. And uh, everybody touched on that. So. But you said it better than anyone said. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, like not, not, it could not be a standalone film, but I think retroactively, after you have seen all three, then the first one is better. Now, I did not go back and rewatch anything, but once I finished the whole trilogy, I appreciated the first one more. But upon first viewing of the first one without having seen the second two, it, it, to me, it just doesn't, it feels not necessarily incomplete. It's just like, I'm not sure I'm invested enough to care. Like, I, yes, I wanna know like what the story is behind this town, and, the, and this curse that you guys keep talking about. But as far as the individual people in the first film, I was not invested in, in anyone in the first film, except Henry. I did like Henry. That's a good point. Um, I, I think, I like I said, my perception was when I went in, I thought it was anthology style. Um, I found the first 
movie though very confusing um and i'm i'm glad i rewatched the first one because i think actually re-watching the first one with the knowledge of what happens in part two and part three made the first one a lot more enjoyable for me so the first one i was very up and down and very confused and then in the last sort of that like last 20 30 minutes scene again this is like felt like scream because you know was it the last isn't is scream like the final part like 40 minutes long or something yes in Stu's um, house yeah, yeah in mm. Stu's house it's like 40 minutes long this whole last scene was like 30, 30 minutes long and I was like again I was like this feels like scream where the last scene is like so long on its own and um so when it when I got really into that last scene because it was like real battle I get like you know like they were all coming together the teens and everything and not all of them unfortunately make it and um <laughs> but when it ends like like with her chucking the girl in the boot and stuff and it kind of just ends and I thought okay cool like I was like if they're gonna leave us hanging that's actually a really cool way of leaving us hanging and um but yeah it doesn't it doesn't you know I'm glad that actually we got to see what happens next though so which makes it a really difficult standalone movie but I you couldn't just sit down and just put this on and not carry on going no so. Yeah. You know, I, I will say you touched on the length of the just the final sequence. I thought all three of these movies were too long. They all pushed right up against two hours. And that was mm. far too yeah. long for all three films. You could have cut 20 minutes out. You could have had a really good, a tighter story if you had pulled in 140 instead of pushing it to two hours. Um, I think that just gave the, the storytellers too much room and they filled it with junk. And so that kind of takes away from from I think each of the movies had a bunch of stuff they could have cut out. We didn't um, talk about this earlier. This was originally meant to be released in the theaters rather than on yeah. Netflix. And um, yeah. I, I wonder how they would have released it. Would they have released all three in one a month? They one said month, it or? would have been month to month to month. They would have done right, a three-month okay. run where they release one film a month. Uh, this was when uh, originally the film rights were purchased by Disney underling Hollywood Studios, which is now defunct, way back in 1997. So it has been sitting in development hell forever. Wow. Um, but then when Disney bought... 21st century Fox, then it kind of was just like up in the air. So the other production studio, Charon uh, Entertainment, they decided to break off their contract. And that was when Netflix stepped in in 2020 and was like, hey, we'll buy it. And so Netflix did it a week to week to week. So they did all three films one week apart. Um, my, my favorite thing about horror films is like the killers and the death scenes. Okay. Like that's just the most fun to talk about. So in the first film, we kind of get introduced into the whole like mystery of Shady Side and all of the bad things that happen in this town and all of the other serial killers that have been around before. Do you guys have a favorite of the Shady Side killers? So we had the Milkman, who was in the 50s. Uh, we had Ruby Lane, who was in the 70s. We had Ryan Torres, who was the guy at the beginning of this film that killed Heather in the mall. And then we had the Nightwing Killer from the 70s. So, I mean, th there were a couple of more. There's the kid with the baseball bat who whose name I can't even remember. Um, and there was the guy that had like that weird pointy mask whose name right. I can't yeah. remember either. But did you guys yeah. have a favorite of all of the Shady Side Killers? Ruby Lane. Say, yes. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Nick? All right. Ruby Lane. Ruby Lane. Quick answer. Boom. Go, Cookie. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is correct, but um, Henry's girlfriend or soon to be was going to be his girlfriend possibly the girl who kissed him for the first time she was a killer no no but her oh. the guy that killed her oh the milkman killed her it was a milkman okay, okay yes yeah. yeah okay all right that's fair jason 
Final answer all day. Nightwing, <laughs> dude. Nightwing. I'm like, I'm really, I'm on a big slasher film kick. As I said, I just rewatched every single Friday the 13th movie. So it was a, a pleasant surprise to be like, that's freaking Jason. So yeah. I, I loved that. I, I thought he was by far and away the one that I, I liked the most. But to your point, the, the freaky little guy with the bat, that yeah. was, oh, I wish yeah. we would have learned more about them. That's yeah, probably why right? you don't know his name. They never gave us anything on him other than that he's a freaky little guy and he's got a bat. Yeah. Mm. He was Oh man, I thought Nightwing was the scariest for sure. Right. I liked Ruby Lane too. I liked the creepiness of her. Like I love yeah. her sort of introduction, just sitting on the street, humming some sort of very, I don't know what it was, like 1950s sort of lullaby type thing. And mm -hmm. and then just her just going nuts. But then I love um, I can't remember his name. Um the uh, the boy who who pleasured himself in the bathroom. What was oh, his God. name? Simon. Simon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like how he's like, she's hot, but she's crazy. She's hot, <laughs> like, crazy. Like I, I, I think the two together could have their own show. Like it would be great. Like it, it would make a great police drama. Like, oh, jeez. So, like uh, so, but no, I love just like how he's in the street, and I'm like, why do they do this in horror movies? Why, why, why do you go to the crazy girl humming yes. the weird lullaby? <laughs> why like, do you talk to strangers in uh, horror movies? I will never ever understand it. Why do you well, split up and why yeah. do you talk to strangers? I don't know. I would never do it. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Well, I, th I think that I think that Ruby's the, the the most scary to me just because she has a sound that comes with her scariness yes. too. So she's humming that song, and they yes. can play it before she even shows up, and it's already like yep. raising the hair on your arm mm -hmm. like jaws you mentioned jaws without yes. that song the, so it's 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 an auditory complimentary thing that just makes her scarier than anybody else yeah mm -hmm. dude can run with the axe at you that's scary too that's sort of the pointy nose guy the little kid with the bat was just freaky yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like we have like all these like we have like the cast of slipknot we have like the whole band of slipknot here. <laughs> and I'm, and, 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 but she's just like yeah there's something about her that's just freaks me out. And I think it's that stupid song. Yeah. You know? and that it's crazy also freaky look. that she moves so slow. She moves with yeah. no sense of purpose whatsoever, just humming right. that song and playing with that razor blade. And yeah, it's kind of like, like whipping it around. You're like, yeah. oh God, forget yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. I think, more, I think there's something more scary about a killer that's just just taking their time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to get they're... you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, yeah, that's, pretty yeah, much, that's, that's yeah. Jason. Jason rarely ever yeah. runs, but magically he still gets to you. Right. <laughs> I think my favorite was the milkman. I'm going to go with cookie on that one. I just think right he, he reminded me of Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter is one of my favorite characters in all of literature and film. Um, but yeah, it's just freaky. Face, Dude just kind of face. overpowers you and like stabs you right up close yeah. and personal. It's really, really freaks you out. So, and he'll lick your face. It's yeah. A lot. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, you guys, you guys are also comic book people. So I'm, I don't know if you guys have read ice cream, man. I kind of mm -hmm. got a lot of vibes from that as well. Right, oh, for right. the milkman? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's true. Okay. Did we have any favorites of the characters in this film? Any of the teens? Did any of them stand out to you as like, I really hope that this person makes it? Because I had I one and they didn't make it. I don't know his name, but the only character that I didn't dislike was the black kid. Yeah, Henry. Oh, yeah. Henry. 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 Yes. Exactly. And I've heard that from a lot of people. He's because he was one... the brains, <clears throat> right? That Dina. I said this to you, Nick. This was this was Dina's thing. <laughs> she's got two faces. Her one face is she just smelled a fart, and she's not. She's like angry. <laughs> she's like she's not just like ew. She's like mad. Yeah. And then the the other face is that she just smelled her own fart, and she's like proud of it. <laughs> like, I, I can't stand her at all. But Henry. <laughs> All right. All right. We got one vote for Henry. Anybody else want to jump in? 
I, I'll definitely say Henry as well. I think he's had the most character development and he's grown so much and you, you can't help but love the kid. You just root for him on yeah. every, every shot of the way. So. Yeah. I would totally agree. And Henry's the most fun, the most relatable. <laughs> I think we're going to go, we're going to go three and oh on the, on the best panel here <laughs> for Henry. Cause everybody right. else is pretty annoying. I thought. Oh, Henry was in um, a Nickelodeon show. He actually has more acting experience than anyone else in all of these trilogies. Hmm. I knew I liked him. He was in some show that my kids watched. Um, I can't remember the name. Yeah, he's like a a rapper too. So, Hmm. yeah. Do you know what? The person I I, I did like Henry because I I, I always, he reminded, again, Scream, he reminded me of like the sort of the Randy of the Scream franchise. Like, he's the guy with all the answers and shit. Like, and even they'd say that, like, come on, witch boy. Like, you know, like. He's the guy uh, with the information. Yeah. 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 But do you know what? I actually liked. um, Is it Kate? Damn it, uh, Mark, you keep taking my people. But I, again, I, I love a spicy sort of female. And I honestly, yeah, like, I, you know, uh, I love I love just her confidence. And um, as soon as she was like, fuck it, this thing wants Sam, this thing doesn't want us. Let's get rid of her. I was like, yep, that's that's the one I like her. No, I, I, I like her. She's when, my favorite. I, I loved it when Dana nicked the, the copper's gun and um and, and she and then uh, Sam was like, You nicked the copper's gun, and she's like, Yeah, fuck she did. Like, and I was like, Yeah, like and that's what the moment she said that line, I was like, Yep, that's my character. All right, that, 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 that there, but like, yeah, uh, uh, anyway, I'll, unfortunately, yeah, we're talking, you can, you're gonna move on to this now, aren't you? Yeah, so now that we've already talked about all of our favorites, what about a favorite death scene? So we had Simon, he got, he got hit in the face with an axe by Nightwing. We had Kate. Unfortunately, she got put in a bread slicer by the milkman. Dina killed Sam. That's kind of cheating, but it kind of happened. So that's a death scene that we threw in there. Uh, Of course, very beginning. Mark's hope for the film. Heather was killed by Ryan in the mall. Um, And then there was just everyone that was dead at the hospital. Like it's just too many people to count at the hospital that died. So did we have any favorite or even one that I didn't mention any favorite deaths in the first film? Stylistically or like plot wise, whatever, whatever. I think it's almost like I was gonna let someone else answer first because there's just one of them is like one of the best death scenes in any horror movie ever. (laughs) It's like they nailed it with that bread cutter scene. That's that's the coolest ever <laughs> i don't think my, i don't think i've ever favorites. seen anyone get killed by a bread slicer in any right. film yeah like, that was great like, I, mean, I think I the mean, carnage afterward like when the camera pans to oh, what is okay. left of kate's I, head i was just like that was completely <laughs> unnecessary but yes Thank I know you. my hand. My hand sort of went over my eyes, and I was like, "I can't look at that." That's, I was oh like, no, I wanted to see it. I oh yeah, I had to see it. I wanted to see it as well. Yeah. But I, but I think I think that's the best one because that's the that's the character I thought would make it, and so it made it yeah. more impactful. And, I genuinely, uh, yeah, I genuinely yeah. thought she was going to make it. They built. Well, her she character. was too snarky and too entertaining, and plus they had pit her as like Henry's love interest. So you just figured, like, come on, Henry's got to have a happy ending. Like she's going to make it. Nope. I know. Right. I honestly thought she was going to make it. I genuinely yeah. did not see her death coming. Me neither. Like, I thought Simon was going to get it before the final. I figured um, he would just because he was an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There was so so are, are all five of us in agreement that that was the best? Oh, that's the best. Yeah. yeah that's the yes. best. Oh, wow. I mean, right. I mean, I mean, it's the best, but also the worst. Like, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, in turn, I mean, I guess if you're going to get killed, I mean, a bread slicer surely got to be the best way to go, right? So I mean, come on, like, isn't that the point of horror films at at some stage where it's like, okay, who died the worst in this oh. film? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just like to stay on the record. I do not want to die by bread <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, as well, maybe because this is the only emotional connection that we do have in the film. Why it's so it has so much gravitas to it, and it is just gruesome. It honestly yeah. is just gruesome. Hell yeah. yeah! Sure. All right. So the end. Did the ending of this first film make you want to keep going? Oh yeah, oh, definitely. One hundred percent. Well, like, I mean, I genuinely didn't think it was gonna overlap into part two because I thought it was anthology sort of, like I said. But like when I saw the end. I started to Google thinking, oh, is this the end of these characters? Because I generally, for some reason, thought it was anthology style. And uh, But yeah, once I, because I, I thought, well, are they ever going to come back? Are they going to do a part four? And we get to see what happens to Dina and Sam. But I I was glad the moment part two opened with Dina and Sam. I was like, ah, okay, I see what's happening. Like, so I, I yeah, when it ended with that, that close of that boot and, you know, it was Dina and Sam. And I, I was like, yeah, I want to know what happens. I think it it did make me want to keep going because there have been plenty of times where it's like I get to the end of a film that I know is part of a group like A Quiet Place, fantastic films, but A Quiet Place was so stressful to watch that when I finished the first one, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm sitting here and I'm watching the second one right behind it. Like, I'm not doing that. But I ended up watching all three of these films in one sitting, which is also why I complained about them being too long. Um, But it did really make me want to go on because I was like, well, damn, if they went through all that work, and Sam still gets like turned to this horrible, I don't know what zombie thing at the end. Like, well, what the hell happens next? What about tying up the loose ends? Were the, was there anything in the first film that you felt like didn't get addressed? I think they got to it all eventually. You know what I yeah. mean? I think there was quite a bit that they didn't tie up, but to, to Mark's point, like they they continued on. You know what I mean? They answered the questions later. So I, I think there was it left me i was jokingly gonna say i didn't want to watch the next the next one when i finished it but in reality once i did finish it i did i think we put it on that night and we watched uh the second one that night so i thought it was it made me want to keep going and it tied up things that it was should have tied up for that specific film mm-hmm. I, don't I don't think part one tied up anything i think it just like it just laid up loads of mystery um and and basically yeah things got answered later but um, yeah right. i didn't I feel unsatisfied i guess i would say mm. at the end of the first one it's not like i was like oh damn what about this character um except kate i'm still salty about kate damn <laughs> you first film all right out of five what would you guys rate just the first one not compared to the whole trilogy but the first film by itself don't five. Oh, sorry 3.5 you said 3.5 yes okay we got a 3.5 I'm gonna give it a super generous 4.25 because like when I watched it again, I was like, "This is awesome!" Like I had to, my fiance, she she ate it up the whole time. She loved every minute of every movie, and I was like, "Really?" And then I watched it again. I'm like, "This is brilliant!" (laughs) Really, it's super dramatic. The way that you know what I mean. I honestly didn't get it the first time. Like, why are they killing this bitch? Like, what what is going on? Like, why she need to die? That's crazy. Get her head out of that crab tank, lobster. (laughs) Like, I, I I loved it. The second time I watched it, man, it was, I thought it was fire to be honest with you. Yeah. But the kids are annoying as hell, but yes, I just they got were. Over Thank that. you. Yes, I got they were. Over they that. were. I got over that. 
<laughs> and now plus I knew they were gonna die, which is like, you know what? I can I can stand yeah. you for a little bit. You're gonna die eventually. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and jerk off in the bathroom. That's you know, I'll get over it. Because that's normal when you're running from your life or from right. some horror supernatural thing. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was so weird. All right, Nick, well, what you got? Yeah. I don't know, man. I was gonna, I was gonna be like hypercritical. The first one, w- without, without the knowledge of of, ish, of the second and third movie, yes. this is a very weak movie. I think. I mean, there was some cool enjoyment things there. The killings weren't that great, except for Kate. I mean, mm-hmm. an axe to the head. We've seen it. Yeah. Stabbing. Yeah, but it was surprising it. though. We didn't see that coming when he got we, axed to the head. I was like, holy yes, shit. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, now, when you're used to like horror films, I'm not very used to horror films. It's not shocking to see people you didn't expect die die but mm. um i i think that as a standalone on its own i'm, I'm only gonna give it like a two five okay it's, it's like halfway there but all right when you put in context the other stuff it goes much higher yeah mark uh, um after hearing cookie and Verna, i i was gonna go with a three but i've decided to increase it to a 3.5 okay um i think i think Definitely it is worth rewatch, like hundred percent. Like I think giving it a rewatch, I'm like, ah, oh, there's so many like winks and nods that set things up for two and three. Um, and I know with marketing on a standalone, but having it on a rewatch, I definitely has bumped up my score. So. Right. I was just gonna say, like, even at, at the end of the whole thing, and this has to do with the first one, I remember being like, Why are they putting and again, I don't know his name, but he's the the, the black dude with the with the bandana wrapped around his head. Oh, Martin. I'm like I'm like, it's weird that he's playing such a vital role at the end here. But then when I went back and watched the first one, it's like, damn, he's there in the first scene. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they, yeah. they, they yeah, he's him, at the you mall. Know what I mean? yeah. yeah. Like yeah. They, they tied a lot of things in that I didn't notice at first. And I mm. think the way it was written was really, really like it smart. Like they, they wrote it, they wrote their ass off planning everything out. So mm-hmm. it's, it's so much better on a rewatch. But it was like, um, Kate, Kate's, um, aunt, like it's a tiny little scene in the first one. Like and she obviously right. has a has a role in part two and part three. Well, right. a bigger role in part two and 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 um. But yeah, so yeah, like you say, there's just so much in the first one that really is really cleverly. Well, in you know, if you think about it, it's actually really cleverly planned and written. Right. To be honest, mm-hmm. so yep. um. I'm gonna actually, go that's... with Cookie though on this one, and I'm giving it a low two point five. I had to readjust. I was gonna give it a two. I bumped it up to a two point five <laughs> be, because of. The third film, but Nick, Nick gave it to um, the so it, to me, like just without two and three, this this movie is a mess. Like, yeah, it's it's a mess. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the characters except for Henry, Henry and Kate. Like that, that's not enough to carry a film like this. Uh, so yeah, the first film gets a two point five from me, which gives it an average panel rating of three point two five for Fear Street, nineteen ninety four. No 69? What the hell? <laughs> I'm so wrong, used to wrong show, Bruno. Wrong show. <laughs> oh. I mean, Robbie Brown's everything up to 4.69. Right. Dudes. Yeah, dudes, yeah. Like, I, I, I've never known like maths to work that way. <laughs> you, know, you never been to Alabama, buddy. <laughs> um, All right. So Fear Street Part 2, 1978. Uh, we got a different uh, screenwriter this time. Zach Olchowski uh, is the new addition here, still directed by Leah Joniak. And same cast, except we've got a whole bunch of new people. Uh, we've got Sadie Sink, who plays Ziggy. You will recognize Sadie from 
Stranger Things, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Emily Rudd, Ryan Simpkins, McCabe Sly, Ted Sutherland, Jordana Spiro, Jillian Jacobs. And that's it for like the new additions. So the this film kind of plays up to one of the killers that we met in the first film, and that is the Nightwing killer. So basically this this whole film takes place at Camp Nightwing. Um, so Mark, if you want to do the summary of it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so this is the Sunny Sunnyvale versus Shady Side. I do love the names of these towns. Like, <laughs> why would you ever live anywhere like this? Anyway, the rivalry's in full effect. And um, by the second film, we go back in time to 1978 uh, to a summer camp shared by both towns. The campers gear up for a big uh, color war. Yeah. Color in speech once color the uh, capture the flag. Uh, we get to see the origin of the Nightwing killer, Tommy Slater, and in true anthology format, we get to see a new cast of characters and a setting with the same underlying curse um, theme. So, um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, anyway, so how well, uh, guys, like, do you feel this plays up? So how well or poorly do you feel this second film lives up to sort of 70s type horror movies? Like, um, I am not a massive 70s. Oh, okay. First of all, that really freaked me out because I didn't know that you were moving it. And I was like, what the hell is that thing? Like move it in the corner of his screen. (laughs) (laughs) It's got the the axe and everything. Oh, man. No way. I couldn't have that in my place. for (laughs) For the sake of people just listening to the podcast, what are you holding, Verno? It is a sideshow figure, one six scale. Jason Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth, Part Three, equipped with axe and blood stains and yeah, Doc Martens, I believe. It's scary looking. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, seventies horror movies are like The Omen, um, oh, Black Text Christmas, Chainsaw. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, Carrie. Uh, I mean, I've got loaded Dawn of the Dead. The Wicker Man, Jaws, which we've referenced a few times, uh, Halloween, The Exorcist, Alien, which I know Nick is a big fan of, and yeah, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, uh, just a basically, a lot yeah. of those films of that era were unwitting teens being attacked for no reason whatsoever. I think, like Verno said though earlier, like it was before plot was really important. Yeah, exactly. So, it was just like, oh, look, people in a concentrated area. Let's just kill some of them and having keep on moving. Marital sex. <laughs> you gotta have it you gotta have it at summer camp right um yeah i mean uh, i mean cookie you were you uh have you watched many 70s horror movies <laughs> i've seen a few of those I, I wouldn't say like i'm well versed but i have seen a few of those and this is a nice touch it does have a plot and i think that's the biggest thing um that drives this film more than a lot of other films when you compare it to alien or jaws i mean it's not a there's no comparison so it just depends on what you're going to compare it to or what type of 70s film you're going to compare it to will this outshine it Mm. what about you uh i love the shit out of it what 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 was the what was the question (laughs) basically how do you feel because obviously it's set in the 70s how do you feel compares to movies that were actually made in the 70s see it's it's set in the 70s, but it feels more like an 80s slasher. Yeah, film. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had, I think, Friday the 13th one might have been like 79 and Halloween was 78. But it feels like all of those 80s Friday the 13th films mm-hmm. more so. And I think it it's a it's a little I mean, like like you're saying, it's there's way more plot. 
but it's not overly convoluted. It's not confusing. Yeah. And all that. So I, I think it compares pretty favorably. There, the, there wasn't as many creative kills. There's a dude running around hitting yeah. people with an axe. This one was just like a high body count. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Nice brutality. Mm-hmm. And this one actually had character development. The characters had to better themselves by the end of the movie. Yeah. Rather than. No way. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's none of that in, in the yeah. in the other films. Yeah. It's all about changing the world around them rather than. Oh, you're perfect. Just change the system and change the world. Yeah. Nothing wrong with you, you know, <laughs> which isn't ever nearly as interesting. Oh, all about you, Nick. I, yeah, I think I think uh, Verno hit a very good point. I think it feels more like an 80s movie. I actually just looked up when Meatballs came out just as like a, a good reference point. That actually was released in 79. It had a little bit of element to that. And um, I, I don't know. It's hard to compare these to movies that actually were created in the decade that they're supposed to be taking place in. I just feel like it maybe didn't capture the essence of the seventies, but I think it captured more the essence of the eighties. So I completely agree with that. Um, just the way that the kids were acting and, and just the, the scenery and things like that. So mm. um, I don't know how it compares to movies that came out then, but the decade was a little bit off. I feel like it's like 10 years off. So I guess okay. it was 78. So it's almost eighties. Yeah. Right. A precursor yeah. kind of. Right. Right. So it kind of, <laughs> it kind of fits. It reminds me of meatballs. If like, if you, you know, if, if the alien and meatballs two killed people, then this might be the, <laughs> I bet they made that decision because there's been so many 80, they didn't want that uh, comparison to stranger things too tightly, Yeah, but they wanted those 70s songs rather than mm-hmm. having to do the 80s songs, which aren't nearly as good yeah. in my opinion. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what, what do you guys think? Obviously, um, you know, this is obviously part of a trilogy, but part two, is is here what 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 do you guys think in terms of like did you enjoy it i mean i think all three of these i think we're all going to agree don't make good standalone films but did you did you enjoy it kind of as a standalone or what are your thoughts on how it sits up as a trilogy Hmm. uh cookie do you want to jump in or yeah sure um i think it it definitely is a lot more enjoyable than the first one uh main reason Mm -hmm. why is the character development and you you care about these characters a lot more you want to see what happens to them you're hoping that more people survive um and you learn from your mistakes in the first one and you've grown in put it into this film so i think it does a lot better at um purveying a message rather than just trying to set up a whole foundation, which is what they did in the first one. They set up a foundation. The second one, they started to expand on it a lot more. And of course, the third one, they try to go and conclude it all. So it's basically one giant film broken up into three parts. And this is where all the meat happens. What are you been uh, My first, first time <laughs> experience with it, I thought the middle section was kind of boring. Like Cookie said, the characters were way better in this. But watching it again they spent a lot of time in the the second act of the film developing the relationship between the redheaded stranger things girl and the good the character that ends up being sheriff good and there's so many subtle things there and that's what i appreciated so much the second time is he hasn't fully committed to his deal with the devil that he's made just yet mm-hmm. and i you don't know that the first time because you don't know that that's his deal you know what i mean mm-hmm. so their conversations and everything with them and he's like well my dad asked me to take on this responsibility i'm not so sure about it yet and he's like he's he sets these people on the course by writing that name on the wall and getting them all killed but he does he's not happy about it he's not thrilled about it so his character is way more interesting in this one and their relationship is way more interesting and then i think 
the development between the two sisters is by far the best yeah. character development mm-hmm. in the whole trilogy for sure. So I, I really, I, I really liked it, especially the second time. I, I thought it was really good. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I think you know if we're if we're if we're trying to think if this is a better standalone than the first one so far, it, yes, for sure. Yeah. You can almost make this a standalone. The first movie, we didn't really have a lot of answers to why things were happening, and we developed mm-hmm. those answers in this movie. Now we didn't, we weren't, we were preloaded with a little bit of knowledge watching the first uh, movie, so we had a little bit of context about where this was going. But I think it almost works as a standalone film. We had. Uh, we had interesting characters. We had character development because a lot of those characters were brand new, the majority of them, right? So we had interesting characters. We were kind of eased into the situation. Hey, there's a witch and there's a curse and there's mm-hmm. rival towns and mm-hmm. there's sisters that hate each other and there's a boyfriend or a possible boyfriend. And then we learned a reason why this curse exists, right? Throughout the, mm-hmm. this film, we learned that, oh, there's names on a wall. We see the origin of the killer. We see the killer kill people. Mm-hmm. And then we see a conclusion when the killers die and we see the sisters die towards the end and one of them gets resurrected and we almost have a, a, a we almost have a clean ending too. It's like, you believe in the curse, right? And he's like, yeah, totally. And then, no, she's crazy, dude. I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah. So it, it, it's almost a complete story. Yeah. We just are gifted with the knowledge of the first uh, movie with this one. So I think it could work if you added a couple little more things in, in the second one, but as a standalone, I think it's pretty close, pretty close mm-hmm. to being a good standalone. I would 100% agree with that. And earlier I said that these films were too long. If you took off the beginning and the end of this film, you have a standalone film. That's hundred. That's an hour and 37 minutes long. If you take out the part where we're trailing from the first film and then the ending where it all wraps up and it's like, oh my God, you're Ziggy. Like if yes. we get rid of all of that, this film could be completely standalone because they give you enough information in this one because there's enough character development, because you still get the origin of one of the killers, but you also get all of the other killers minus Ryan, who's the newest one, who's not born yet, probably. Um, so I, this one honestly was my favorite in the entire trilogy. Um, it, it was so much better than both the first and the third film. Um, and it, has, it really does have a lot to do with the characters. So when we went back to the same people, um, in the third film that were in the first film, it was just kind of like, ugh, why? Like the people in the second film were just so much better than like the people in the first, two, first and third film. Oh yeah. Um, so I think of all of them, this, this one has the potential to be standalone if we just take off the beginning and the end. And it could just be a movie about serial killer at camp that is based on the legend of a witch that haunts this town. I, I think the second film... I, I, I actually quite liked once they did kick in and they you get to see Dina and Sam show up and they go and find Ziggy um, as an adult. Uh, and then, then it kind of flashes back to 1978. And I, I think that the whole part, I, I love the fact that, I don't know, 90% of this movie was 1978 mm-hmm. and, and actually the killer died at the end and there was sort of no, resur- no resurrection really and, you know, um, of, of the killers that were, uh, you know, and it kind of did feel like, in the 1978 kind of got an ending mm-hmm. uh that they i guess i know we jump back to it at the end and we get to see ziggy as an adult but i think if you like you say you could take those two bits off and it does make a good standalone movie and i but i actually did really enjoy watching all of these characters because initially yeah. i was like oh how's this going to go now because it's all new characters am i going to get into meeting all these new people but actually i did yeah um and i i liked kind of 
that the killer, that is sort of one killer hunting them down. It was very, I don't know, it did, it did feel like sort of 70s, 80s slasher, because he was almost like a zombie killer, you know, a bit like a Jason. Like, there yeah. was no, there was no real, it was just kill. Like, you know, that was all he was thinking was just kill people. There was no, there was no reason or Brian behind it. And um, I did like as well that we got to see a little bit more about the curse, finding the room mm. with the names on and stuff like that. So, you know, I love the fact that we got to see more of the mystery unveiled in this movie. But, you know, I, I enjoyed it as a, as a, I don't know, 90% standalone. <laughs> So we talk a lot about uh, Scream, or we have been talking a lot about Scream. And of course, everyone's favorite character, Randy, has rules to everything. There's rules to surviving a horror film. There's rules to surviving a sequel. And there are rules to a trilogy. One of Randy's rules for a sequel is his number one rule. The body count is always bigger, which is Mm -hmm. definitely the case for this one. I mean, I lost count of how many campers just got killed. Like, I really was not expecting so many dead kids, uh, but there is a whole shit ton of dead kids in oh, yeah. this film. Um, and his one of his other rules is the death scenes are always more elaborate with more blood and gore. And even though we didn't always see the body, but like we got heads got lobbed right off. Like poor Gary was in the bathroom or the outhouses and his head just went right off. That was... Uh. So yeah, we got more gore in this one. And then Randy's third rule for sequels is never ever under any circumstance assume that the killer is dead, which we got a whole lot of that near near the very end of this film. Um, So same rules as the last one. Did we have any favorite killers this time? We got a lot of returners, but you know, we, we basically got Nightwing's origin story. So did we have a favorite killer in this film? Nightwing. Yeah, I think night the Nightwing killer, like he he got ninety percent of the movie. I wasn't really that bothered that they suddenly showed all the other killers at the end. Like it didn't really interest me. Um, I kind of liked that we had this Nightwing crazy axe dude running around just yeah. chopping people up. Um, I thought it was really killers. gross how the other killers came out of that blob thing. Yeah, that was, I, I was like, that's a bit too much detail. Thank you for that. I didn't need the. I didn't need a blob. In, in addition to murderous killers running oh, there's around. A, there's always a blob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I so wish we got... they would have put the bag on his head earlier in the movie. Yes. Oh. Like we, you know what I mean? They should have just got to that. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, I assume you guys know, but Friday the 13th part two, that's what Jason looks like is he's got the sack on his head. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, you know, obviously an, an homage to that, which was dope. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think I have seen, I saw the Friday the 13th movie that Jared Padalecki did. So that was like a remake of a remake. Oh, I, I liked that one. Yeah, 20, I enjoyed it, but that's yeah. literally the only Friday the 13th movie I've ever seen. You're not missing a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> I mean, really, they're pretty dated. <laughs> so, but Justin, you bring up a good point. So I'm trying to think. So we have two different ways of resurrecting right now, right? They have like mm-hmm. a T-1000 Terminator kind of yes. aspect where they can kind of mold back together and they yeah, can reach out and grab you. Which is not fair. That is right. not fair. It's not so, but then that, that kind of makes you get more creative about how do you continuously destroy this creature, even right. in that kind of a state, maybe. So that's like one way to take care of it. But then the other one is like, what, what's the threshold of kill? Because they blow them up in the first movie, right? Mm-hmm. They, they yeah. explode them and they T-1000 back. Yep. But then in the other ones, they kind of just spawn another one. They spit it out of that little weird heartbeat, yeah. right? Yes. So it's like, well, wait, what's the criteria for them spawning a new one versus them molding back together? So that was kind of confusing. I agree about the head. Uh, garment the, the 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 burlap bag that they had to put on there i thought that was pretty cool i wish it would have been 
added earlier. And it, that mm-hmm. leads me to believe like they're not using sight. Are they just using their instinct? Because why wouldn't he just I go? I think it's oh, blood. That, that, yeah, it's the blood, the smell. But, yeah. but if, if that's movie, the case, what, who picks who? Like, we know yeah. that we know who puts the name on the wall. But like you right. put Tommy's name on the wall. And Tommy just is indiscriminately killing a whole bunch of people at the camp. Like, I don't well, it didn't make it, any sense to me. Well, because I think in the first movie, it was the blood. But the second movie was the fact that they're shady siders. Mm-hmm. Right, it was. Oh yeah, because he no did only kill shady siders, didn't he? He was yeah. only mm. killing shady siders. He wasn't killing anybody with blood on them. I thought it was going to be the moss. They kind of hinted at that it was the red moss kind of thing because they played that. Yeah, they played that in the first movie, but then this one was like, no, he he waits for the sunny. Yeah, because he only killed blue shirts. Yeah, he waited for them to leave. Remember when they were captured? He waited for the blue shirt to, or the red shirt to leave, and then there was only blue shirts left, and he just went in there just whipped them all up they were always by themselves they were never oh with the goodness. other the other yeah the other same team. thing with the kid with the glasses exactly yeah. interesting they don't follow their own rules yeah they quite they a few times <laughs> right <laughs> yeah because like it made me wonder i think by the time we get to the third one which is like but like when we know what is happening and who is controlling everything it then you again you go back and you think like okay but in the first film people who saw the witch are the ones that die, right? Okay. So those are the ones that have like the blood connection. But as far as everything else, like the only other thing I could think of is when their name is put on the wall, basically if if they're possessed by the devil, then maybe it's just like trying to go out and get a high body count because mm-hmm. like, I, it just, yeah. Like well, I don't- the, the devil is feeding off of the blood of shady cider. So, you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of what they're going for, but it's not the case in the first movie. So it's like, I mean, the first, I mean, the first one, I think from how I interpret it, the first one was just Ryan killing people in the mall. And I think that was just going to be it. Although that was a fairly low body count. I don't know how many people we killed other than Heather. Like maybe it's just Heather. I think they said seven. It was either seven or nine. Yeah. There was somebody else that she found dead in the lobby. Right. Or one of the chairs. Okay, so I think that was all that was going to be that. Like, I don't think there was any plan for there to be any other killers. But then, unfortunately, Sam accidentally saw some information about the witch and the past. So then that obviously triggered them, like, you know, to, to go after Sam. And that's the side sort of that, that's why they made Ryan come back to go after Sam and, and well, her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the second film, Obviously, a deal was done. I think it's a bit what Nick said, like the high, sorry, uh, Verno said about the high body count. Um, I think it's a case of, you know, the devil wants as many people as he can. So mm. just get, kill them off. Although I don't necessarily agree, just because you get killed by a serial killer doesn't make you go to hell. I mean, that's not how, how it works. But, um, but anyway, I guess it's how it works in these films. And um, so, <laughs> so like, obviously, I think it was again to get the high body count. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of, and I assume it's probably again with the third one, the high, high body count. So, yeah, um, I just think in the first one, they kind of had to switch it up actually straight away in the first movie because Sam got that information. Well, because she touched the bones. Yeah. And I, yeah. and obviously, obviously that helps with part three. So, yeah. All right. So we got a whole new cast of characters. Who are our new favorites in this one? Gone. Stranger Things girl. I will say. Yeah. Okay. I just, I right. just like right. her. She, she's Ziggy. a cute kid. She's a decent actor. And I liked her character. And as I said, she actually has development and her relationship with her sister for sure. She was very no bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I liked yeah. her. Yeah. 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 I felt like she was playing a fairly similar character to Stranger Things. But right. uh, yes. 
Um, but I, I have to say Ziggy, and I think Cindy as well, but Ziggy and Cindy's relationship was very good, I felt. Like, um, it was a good dual sister relationship, and I quite liked seeing that on screen. Um, and I liked the fact that you didn't know that she was Ziggy until the end, like, you know, or, you know, uh, I think that was quite a good little reveal. Um, but I think Alverno and Nick has said, like, Stranger Things Girl for me is my favorite. I like Cindy. She was my favorite. I don't like that she didn't move her lips when she talked. Did you notice that? She did a lot of talking like she was practicing for ventriloquist. That, that was kind of weird. Listen, I had given up on that kind of stuff at the first film, okay? Like, at, at this point, I'm just rolling with whatever happened. You know? like, I, like, I, I liked her, though. I, I really did. She was yeah. probably my second favorite. I like I liked the two of them, for sure. I, I like Cindy's, like, not... She had a lot of fight in her versus, like, Oh my God, you know, I'm the poor kid and I'm trying to get out of it. Like she, instead of always feeling sorry for herself, she was very much like, okay, well, we got to figure this out. Like we, we are stuck in a cave. We got to figure it out. We, we are running from this guy. We got to figure it. Like she was very much, we got to figure it out. And I really liked that about her. Even with the, the, the shady side curse, she didn't just be like, well, I guess we're cursed. We'll just live a shitty right. life. She was like, I got to do something. I'm going to be perfect. Yeah. In trying to get out of this situation. So yeah, I agree. Hmm. So uh, a lot of people died, and uh, <laughs> does anyone have yes. a favorite, a favorite slash worst death scene? Like uh, Cookie Guard, let's start with you. Uh, to kind of piggyback off of what you guys just said, with Cindy trying to get out, I think she got out. Unfortunately, not the way she wanted to get out, but <laughs> she got out, and I think Nightwing did a fantastic job of fulfilling her dreams. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very very interesting way to word that cookie yeah. <laughs> all about you verno what, what was the question Fa favorite your, death your favorite death oh, favorite death death um there was some good ones the the i'll go with the kid because we didn't even see it but just the fact that like the kid with like the glasses I, like i've said yeah like yeah. I, yeah i guess there was more than one kid the, the fat little cute kid yeah but uh I've said it a bunch of times that I just watched all these Friday the 13th movies. And not only do no kids get killed, there are barely any kids ever at camp. And so they always take place before the kids show up. Mm -hmm. So like when he, you never see kids get killed in horror movies. So I was, I was thrilled to see this kid die. What about you, Nick? I liked uh, Foggy Nelson in the, uh, in the, uh, in the outhouse uh, in the outhouse <laughs> you knew who i was talking about yeah I so did, he, he, did. he looks just like foggy nelson from he does. Netflix a little bit taller but yeah he does. Hair, yeah and it's the same guy anyway um i i like the fact that they had to change the size of the hole uh so his body would fall in there because it's barely big enough for like her head to like scream yes, down in there exactly. but his whole freaking body falls down in there yeah. i thought that was I, I thought that was hilarious he was just in halloween 2018 by the way he's he's one of the kids that gets got in uh a couple Halloween films ago. Damn, poor Gary well, can't catch a break. Yeah, now he's typecasted. <laughs> Great. Yeah, right. Mark, um, did you have a favorite? I, 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 the one that stands out the worst to me is I, I honestly, again, didn't think I, I honestly thought Cindy was uh, in the girl in the, in the future in the what in the nineties. So I assumed that she was getting out. I, so when that exit, uh, I was like, oh like i think for me that's sort of the the death scene that stands out the most but the thing about the whole movie really was a hell of a lot of people got killed off in this second movie yeah i felt like the body count and again like you said the body count's always higher i i was at one point i was like is anyone gonna make it out of this movie 
Like, yeah. I just, but yeah, her death flow really stands out for me. And I honestly didn't think she was going to get it. I thought it was going to be the Stranger Things girl, as we keep calling her. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite was actually the very first one when Tommy killed Andy, uh, when they were all down there in the cave, just because it was like, you knew, you knew it was coming and you knew that he was already too far gone. And when Andy turned his back, I was like, oh no, you never turn your back on the creepy person. What are you doing? Mm. Like, yep. So yeah, that one was, that was probably my favorite. Uh, so the movie comes to an end in, in sort of two ways. It ends in the, in the seventies when we mm. see Ziggy sort of get resurrected by the guy we found out is Nick Good. And um, I took issue are- with that, by the way. Uh- you don't get stabbed that many times and then be able to speak to someone coherently like on a stretcher it, 20 minutes later like oh, i'll get to that in a minute <laughs> <laughs> thank you nick Bruno knows it's coming i was looking I'll, at you. I'll get to that in a minute oh my god like when when he came over there and he started doing cpr i was like you are shitting me there's no this girl got stabbed like 11 freaking times in the torso there's no way like her lungs would no no they just no Mate, he, must have time, he must have had time to run off and do another deal or something so, <laughs> um, um, anyway but yeah I, I i have that same complaint when you watch a lot of tv they 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 you think someone's getting it and then like 20 minutes later they're, they're like sitting up in their stretcher but anyway well, it's so, the same as the girl with the broken leg that's then walking around on it a few yeah minutes later with the, like, the uh, bone popped out like right. oh, come yeah, on yeah, yeah. you're not walking fracture. anywhere I'll, I'll limp. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. no, come on. Yeah. And especially and, uh, in a cave, like I'd have left no. her. I'd be like, sorry, Alice. <laughs> what, one of us should make it. So you, God bless you, but I'm leaving. Yeah, that's like, oh, what's that? What's that horror movie? That comedy horror movie, like rule rule number whatever it is, be faster than the guy next to you. Or whatever. Oh, zombie uh, land. Yeah, zombie land. Yeah, yeah. Audio, double tap. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um. Anyway, so it ends there, and then it jumps back to 1994. And we get to see Dina um, putting putting everything together, getting the hand, going to the bodies, sticking the hand on the bodies, and then sort of the titles come up as kind of a summary at the end. But I mean, like for me, I was like well hooked in at that point. I think that was, I think that was probably a better ending than the whole Sam being a crazy sort of zombie murderer at the end of the first one. When that ends, I was like. Fuck, I want to know what's going to happen now. Like, I'm well into this. Like, and um, were you, were you guys at that point though, like, really hooked to? I mean, I know, I know, obviously, Jasmine watched all three in one day. She was massively hooked. And um, so, uh, what about you guys? Like, Cookie, did, were you like at that point really like raging for number three? Oh yeah, I was. I was all <laughs> invested in this thing. I'm like, let's do this. Yeah, let's I'm do it. I'm ready this. to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if there's sarcasm or not. There's any industry for this sarcasm. <laughs> like, and um, anyway, Verno, what do you think? Like, were you like really hooked for the third one? At that I point? I had my trepidation because, like, <laughs> just the era of nineteen or sixteen sixty six. Like, I'm not as interested in movies of that time period. Yeah, no, and I neither. and I knew that Dina was going to be the main character because I had oh, see, seen I her. Didn't. So I was like, oh, no, I didn't either. I did yeah, I knew that was coming, so I was less excited about oh, it. Oh boy, sure. I texted Mark when I started that third film, and I was like, I hate you for making me watch this shit. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember any of these messages. I've been so so out of it the last few days. Anyway, uh, Nick, like when you saw that ending, were you were you uh, you know did you press play on the third one straight away? 
so so the I think we talked about it and, and Jasmine mentioned it. If you if you crop off the seven minutes before and the seven minutes up front, and the seven minutes in the back, whenever they flash back to the 1994 crew, I got a little bit depressed every single time they did that. <laughs> and then when Berno touched on it, when you saw the preview for the next one and then you see the same characters, you're like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah. I just wish they would have maybe used the real Sarah Fear because we see her and we'll touch face, we'll touch that in the next uh, uh, movie here. But you see that actress, right? And she looks great. I mean, like she looks freaky and weird, mm. and like she could play that character. And I she like, had a much better accent. If that yeah, was the route yeah. that they were gonna go, and her like, eyes God. and like everything about Sorry. it was just creepy. But no, I, I, yeah, I, I think um, it did make you want to press play because then I realized how connected everything mm-hmm. was going to be, and mm-hmm. then I knew we were gonna get a conclusion. So the first one confused the hell out of me. The second one really kicked it up a notch for sure and then the third one i knew we we're gonna get a payoff in conclusion and i was like oh all these really cool little easter eggs and the easter egg payoff happens in the third film so you don't really understand what you're going to get into until that one but mm-hmm. you do get some easter eggs in the second one a little bit and we're like okay this is this is going to be kind of cool it's gonna be fun to watch them weave this all together so but uh the death scene at the end when she yes, got please. stabbed in the cpr Oh my God. So if you're not familiar with how puncture wounds work, you <laughs> die from like loss of blood. So when somebody is doing CPR and pumping you, they're, they're, the they're making it worse. <laughs> yes. You're not, you're not reviving. And, and then the first movie, she gets hit with like 40 EpiPens. Yeah. Even dead. That doesn't work with drowned victims. Right. No. That's what it's my like, fiance keeps saying. She, she's yeah. a nurse too. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, she has no pulse. She is actually dead. Epi would work, but you need CPR too. You gotta, you gotta circulate that blood. Anyway, I can go on forever. <laughs> Uh, second one, way better. Maybe look forward to the third one because I was understanding how they're connecting them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess writing's time now. Like I, I, uh, let's, let's just start with Nick because Nick just finished. What'd you, what'd you rate it? Um, out of five. Yeah. So the first one, I think I said 2.5. So when you kind of compare that score, I'm going to say this was probably a four, two, five. Okay. Say four, two, five. Well, all right. Four, four, two, four five. two, five. You digs. <laughs> uh i went backwards verno what do you think um i'll go yeah it's weird i'm now i'm now i'm regretting my original score for the last one because uh. because <laughs> i'm comparing to that i liked this one significantly more mm-hmm. but i'll give it a 4.69 no i'll, I'll give it a <laughs> i'll give it a 4.75 i liked it that much i, oh, I love wow. it well, oh wow you, you've got to yeah. compare i'm comparing it to what it is like what mm-hmm. they're trying to do. Yeah. And I think they yeah. they nailed what they were trying to do. And the characters were really good. Like mm-hmm. like putting it up next to The Shining, which is a 5.0. No. Like, should, should it be that close? No. no. Right. But yeah. they nailed what they were trying to do. And I respect them for it. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't let the story get in the way of the movie <laughs> the, like they did in the first one. Yeah. But yeah. Final answer. Sure. <laughs> I think in the first one, there was way too much world building. Yeah. Um, and that I think can really damage a film and like when you're doing too much world building. Like, I mean, if you look at Tom Cruise's mummy film, they should have just done a standalone movie with maybe a hint of world that building. Film never did... should have been made ever. I know, I know. I know. And I think ever. this film, had it been released in the cinema, part one released in the cinema, would everybody have gone to see part two? I don't think no. so. Like, no, um, no because, not at all. Because because part one was just literally full of world building i think this movie though the the franchise itself actually works better as actually a miniseries rather than a, a trilogy of movies but. yeah i can't imagine if they had released these further apart like if this had been one year next year and then a third year they released a third film like no. these were mm-hmm. not strong enough to carry the momentum that far 
Uh, and apparently Netflix didn't even think that they were strong enough to carry the momentum from one month to another month. So that's oh, why they did weekly, week yeah. to week to week. Yeah. yeah. Cookie, what would you rate this movie? I'm going to split it between the two. I'm going to do 4.5. Uh, all right. I definitely all right. think it's considerably better than the first one. So um, I, I think I will go with a four. Okay. And um, what about you? I'm going to go with a four also. I thought that this one was just a much better film as, and like Verno said, it's just, if I'm keeping it contained within these three films, but still rating them individually, like this one is far, far better than anything else that we've gotten so far. (laughs) So that gives us an average, wow, 4.3 for the second film. Nice, nice, nice. So part three. Part three, uh, I'm sorry, not 1666. Same people, all all of the same writers, same director, and we are back to the original cast. Well, and a combination of part two. Well, yeah, Tommy was there. And Ziggy. Well, the, yeah, they were there, but it was just in like cameo roles. They were, right? yeah, they were, they were, they were there. They didn't do yeah. much. No. Nurse, Nurse Lane was people. there. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were they were background fodder. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Anyway, this one takes us all the way back to the origins of the town uh, when it uh, originated as a union before it was broken into Sunnyvale and Shadyside. I can't, still can't get over that Shadyside name. Anyway, uh, in good old witch trial fashion, we have men in charge who condemned women for uh, their advances and rebuffed. Uh, yeah, that, that whole thing. That anyway, whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So here's where the plot starts to turn into something the audience hadn't thought at the beginning. According to the King of Horror Movie Rules, Randy Meeks' third and final rule to a horror trilogy, the past will come back to bite you in the ass. Whatever you think you know about the past, forget it. The past is not at rest. Any sins you think were committed in the past are about to break out and destroy you. And yep. uh, it's a great rule, to be honest. And um, I actually do love it about any trilogy, not just horror, when something comes out, you know, Star Wars did it. Uh, classically um but i have to say i do love it when something uh, when all the origins come out in the third film i think it is a great to finally get some answers so when you finally get that new piece of information that turned out to not be very new at all i think Mm. it's very very few things do it well and as shitty as this third film was that (laughs) reveal really got me because like i didn't see that coming at all i think we we all we all have to you know put hands up none of us were alive in 1666 i'm aware of on this podcast i think i was um and i don't think any of us are historians so unless you've got something to say uh like um anyway so how do you feel that this film uh works in terms of obviously trying to show us what the 1666 would have looked like i mean i'm you know we just have to judge it on what they show us i'm not I'm, yeah. not Go- I'm not. I'm not. I'm not googling to find out how historically accurate any. No, of this but stuff I mean, is. you think about stuff like the Scarlet Letter, which is not yeah, exactly but- a horror movie, but like this very much had some Scarlet Letter like undertones to it. I mean, sure. there was a lot in here that I was aware of. Like, obviously, we know women and and even just people of color in generally general were treated worse the further back in time you go. All of these um, witch trials. So- 
yeah i mean so they kind of they did stick to a lot of that and i felt like the dress and the town and everything looked how i think it would have looked back then um in terms of the accents i don't know if that's how people sounded back then i'm gonna go with it i'm gonna um, go no i'm <laughs> no as soon as that opening sequence hit and dina opened her mouth i was like Oh god! Oh boy! Oh god! <laughs> a long this movie. whole thank you. That's exactly what I said. I was like, "Oh no, what have I said?" And they all I've have come different... too far. Yeah, they're all like... different accents. Yeah. Yes. Oh god, it was terrible. It was. A I mess. think. I think they go to the Amish community and they just listen to them. Like, let's just do that. You know I what think, I mean? Let's just at lay that it point, out. Like really somebody quick. on that set should have been like, "Yo, this is not working. Let's just let's just be normal. <laughs> like we I... can still dress this way, but just." speak normal i think that's why henry wasn't in the movie as much it's because yeah. he could not do the accent he sounded kind of jamaican <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was like from jamaica we don't know where these people right came. oh uh, my god uh, and uh, yeah. anyway like what do you guys think in terms of just the setting itself like did you enjoy it? well so i know the film is split into two parts so part one is in 1666 and part two is back in the 90s we don't need to talk about that but like part one how well do you feel it it's sort of is suited like did you feel it was as well as it could be like um <laughs> cookie did you enjoy the experience of the of the 16th century i, I tried not to dive too deep in it uh, i really really tried but those accents god <laughs> i mean netflix has this abundance amount of money you mean to tell me that you can't hire a good voice acting coach to just give you guys all just i don't know I don't know. It, it, that was the toughest part for me was the the voices. I just couldn't get over that part. Um, mm. And like you guys, I, I I wanted the the second movie cast to be more prevalent than the first. Um, but unfortunately, we only got the the first set of cast. So mm -hmm. you, you play the cards you're dealt, and I guess they played till they folded. I guess. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Verno? Uh, I mean, as far as like it feeling like 1666, so you know, we're we're all in the same boat where we're just judging it based on other movies that we've seen that are set in the past. And it, it yeah. felt like those other movies to a degree. I think, you know, it was good enough. It's the easiest one to do. They, they can't rely on the music to put you in that era, which mm -hmm. is, I'm sure they're like, Oh shit, what are we going to do? But it's like, you know, it, it looks just like all the other movies you've ever seen set back in the day. So it was, you know, it worked for me besides the accents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I, I agree with what's been said. So I think I think that they set wise, we, we can just use our imaginations and what we've yeah. seen before. And 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 I mean, they've done a couple aerial shots, and it's a pretty small little thing. It's like what is it? A well and like six buildings and yeah. like a church. That's mm -hmm. it. And they they've done those those kind of pan out uh, shots. Then there's like large field, tree, woods, creepy cabin where dude lives, and like other hut where the witch lives. Right yeah. where Mary lives. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the set was pretty simple. It was pretty, I mean, everything was just like so stereotypical. Everything about this was just extremely stereotypical. And that's probably because we don't have any firsthand experience and we're just kind of relying on our uh, knowledge, you know, from other movies and stuff. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I think it was okay. I'm glad it was only half the movie. Yes, thank I'm God. I'm glad they went back. <laughs> I don't think I could sit through an hour and 45 minutes. Of Not that those accents. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't, again, I didn't know what to expect in terms of, I, I was actually kind of shocked when halfway through it went right, part two. I was like, oh, like 90s, like we're back. I gathered we were going back to the 90s. I just didn't expect for the film to be cut as as much as it was, like one hour in the past and one hour in the present. Um, 
I'm actually glad that we got to spend more time in the present because it was good to get everything wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was good. I probably my biggest complaint, I know we've joked about the accents, but my biggest complaint of the 16th century was actually they should have been brave enough to have given us a brand new cast. Um, so my only question was yep. like, you know, like you just said, actually the actress Serafina, who we got to see a couple of times in flashbacks, I would much rather we'd have got a brand new cast of people. And maybe the only reason they were doing that is because they wanted to have the whole twist of Nick and Solomon. Like maybe that's why they wanted it. So you just didn't see it coming. Um, but I would, but they could have still given him just sort of called him Solomon good. And like, you know, and it could have been a different actor. I mean, I, I, I guess they were probably wondering, well, if they use the same actor, would that stand out as a bit of a red, you know, as a bit of a red flag, but they, they could have done it. I mean, you know, we had a different actor. I know in the 70s playing Nick Good as a, as a teenager. So why couldn't mm-hmm. we have had a, a different actor playing Solomon? And uh, it was all very back to the future. Like basically everybody just playing different <laughs> roles. Yes. I really hate, I really do hate it in, in anything where you just have the same actors recycled, like especially like in franchises playing different roles. And I know like, you know, Dynasty and all that kind of shit. They 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 replace actors, like yeah. or sorry, characters with the same actors and stuff like that all the time. But um, but we expect that of cheesy sort of drama shows. I kind of don't like it when it's meant to be something. This isn't meant to be a comedy. Like I mean, there's some comical moments, but Fear Street was never set up as a comedy. I don't know. I don't know if they would sit. Or was up. it? Well, I don't know. They weren't going. They definitely weren't a serious horror franchise. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't scary movie. Um, so I just that was my biggest complaint was the first part. I wish it had been a brand new cast, and um, I would have been happy if they'd have sort of like so you could have got the whole thing of Serafina and Dina seeing each other. I would have been happy if they'd have showed like maybe some sort of thing where they kind of replace each other sort of briefly, a bit like Quantum Leap, like and then and then showed then the actress of Serafina, but that, that's probably my only complaint. I was happy in terms of the dress and the town, like you just said, Nick, about the sort of the aerial shots about the small town. It did make me think like when we see Serafina getting accused of being a witch and she does a runner, I started to think, man, she just runs a couple of miles and she'll be gone. She would have su- survived, yeah. survived the day. Like, and um, it just made me wonder like, well, I would have just kept on running. I mean, I don't know how far away the nearest town was. Right. That's sure. what yeah. saying. That's but, like, there's not a Walmart. She's going to go use a phone on the other yeah. side. Of the yeah. Like, well, I did, well, I did think to myself, like she'd have kept on running. Like even if it had taken, taken two or three days to get to the nearest settlement, she could have started again. Like, I don't know. That's kind of what I still think. But, I was going to um, throw in, I bet they saved money. I bet they put these kids under contract for multiple sure. movies and they, they saved a bunch of money by having the same actors in the movies. They filmed but, everything just like Lord of the Rings style, back to back to back. It was 106 days to film all three movies. Oh, wow. I was done wow. well on the cheap then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mark, like, to chime off of what you said, uh, I definitely think it's like a missed opportunity with um, the, the main character. Like, we could have had the opportunity of when she looked into the well and she saw her reflection, she's like, okay, this is a totally different body. If they just use that and said, okay, she's visiting this time period, but it's not her. She's just mm-hmm. watching it kind of unfold. They could yeah. have easily done that and had a brand new character or brand new actor come into the play. Exactly. I think they thought we were going to like her. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know who thought that we would like that accent. I really don't. I mean, she was anyway. the worst offender of of all of the bad accents the only person that had a decent accent was tommy oh yeah 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 Yeah. i agree he he was good Mm -hmm. henry was good with his jamaican accent (laughs) (laughs) 
dragged by the beach. I can't even. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> not very good with accents most of the time. But anyway, so it's the, far, it's the final the English part. one. What are you talking about? You sound oh, no. English as hell. <laughs> I know. I'm from the. I'm from New York originally. So. It's super authentic, oh, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh. Yeah, you know, whenever I go to America, they like I'm like a puppet. I was like, oh, say bloody hell! I'm like, mm. <laughs> like, like, I've, I've, like, literally, I'm chatting to people, and they're like, oh, can you say, can you say something? I'm like, what? I'm like, and it literally is always bloody hell. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay, I'll say it. We can't like, help it. We're American, okay? Uh, like, this, uh, this is all we know about England is the uh, Queen, right. bloody hell. That's it. All right. Oh, we, we, hey, we don't have accents here. That's why they're so interesting. Americans we are. We have American accents, but we don't have other people around. You know, we don't have other accent, uh, other countries that are that close. You know what I mean? I don't I don't meet yeah. many English people or anybody with an accent. I love the Boston accent. I love the Boston accent. Like everything's yeah. like, fuck off. Like I can't do <laughs> I can't do a Boston accent. But they're, they're like, that's how they speak to each other. It's like, fuck off. And uh, anyway. Um, OK, so the third film, like obviously plot writing. How do you think it does in terms of just wrapping everything up? So, like, you know, the attention to detail in in bringing this movie to a close. There's only one thing particularly that really annoyed me um, in terms of wrapping everything up. Uh, I think we probably would all think about the same thing. Um, but I just sort of go around the virtual room. Cookie, what do you think of uh, the structure and writing and plot of this movie? Uh, I think definitely timing of making everything so long. If they made uh, 1666 a little bit shorter and then they kind of made it more fluid of a transition getting back into a present time, I think mm-hmm. that would have been more beneficial for the audience to enjoy. Um, but other than that, I think the writing was good, how it definitely concluded everything and brought everything to to the light, if you will. I, I enjoyed it for that value of including everything and making it all whole. What do you think? I thought, I mean, I didn't like the movie and either time I watched it. This is the only one that I want when I watched it again. I was like, damn, this still sucks. But uh, <laughs> I thought, I mean, they, they answered all the questions. I didn't really love what they answered, though. Like, oh, we find out oh, what's Seraphir all about. It's like, the, I didn't love, like, I don't know what the message was. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, what's mm-hmm. the message? And then I, I didn't love when we find out what Shadyside versus Sunnyville is there like the metaphor behind that i i didn't love but it, it it did a decent job of tying the two together it was just too strong out or too too long they did they shouldn't have been nearly as long in 1994 that drug on forever the first part i didn't mind the length of that was kind of perfect for me it wasn't too long and you couldn't do it too much shorter than that because then right. it wouldn't be the night the 1666 yeah. movie yeah but it was they the, definitely the, could have tightened up that mall scene though for sure. And the, oh, that yeah. whole that whole thing was kind of ridiculous to me. I love Super Soakers as much as the next guy, but it was like <laughs> it was know. 1994. Bruno. Come right. on. But you're aiming from 100 yards away thinking that you're going to spray somebody. Right. Yeah, right. Listen, it worked in 94. OK, mechanics have changed <laughs> since then, guys. All right. We're in 2021 now. OK, right. so just the, in 94, this all worked. Don't worry. All right, Nick, um, what do you think? Yeah, so there's there's a there's a few different problems. I'm I'm still trying to reconcile. Maybe I'm just missing the point, but like I feel like the the the, the relationship uh, between what was it Sam and Dina, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the, the two main characters. So the relationship there, they kind of touched back on it again in this one. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if that was to kind of remind viewers that like, hey, this is a thing still because in the second movie we we lost that whole narrative right mm-hmm. until the until the end caps right at the beginning and end. So I was like, okay, uh, so so that so they touched back on that. 
but that wasn't the, necessarily the reason why this whole thing happened. They were just kind of out partying, right? And they were going to kind of like, hey, there's like a witch's house over here. And then she accidentally reads the book, which kind of like curses the town. But no, nope. it, it wasn't that. But it, it was it was it was Nick's heritage, right? Kind of cursing the town, too. So it's like I was kind of confused about what was going on, but we kind of learned a little bit more about it. Um, so they had some like red herrings there is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think towards the end, the mall scene and stuff, that was just way too elaborate for what was going on. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. Um, so I I don't know. This was almost on par with the first movie, I think. Yeah. It was like just as bad as the first movie. But we had some cool answers to the questions we've had this entire time. So you have to give it credit for that. Um, but, uh, I think it really kind of shows how strong the second movie was when you watch those other two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I had, I had so many questions about all these things and I just, yeah. it didn't, it didn't, it didn't play out to me. Okay. I, uh, this, the acting, I, like, I, I thought that the acting in the first film was pretty awful. And then I was completely shocked at how much more awful the acting was in this third film. Um, but like plot wise, I really liked how everything kind of turned. And it turns out that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Sarah Fear that had started all of this stuff. Although technically it kind of was because as she was dying, she cursed the town just, right. you know, while is, she was- Is yeah, she a witch? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> so like, uh, right. but I, I thought that the origin of the curse itself was, was interesting, but getting to that point, was such a slog i mean it just like the first half of the movie just dragged on and then when i thought when they were going to introduce the pastor because he was the first victim of seraphir so to speak and he literally was just like one scene one one thing where he just went crazy and then they killed him right away and i was like all this build up for this guy who was the first and this is all we get like yeah, you you he, you gouged out your own eyeballs, and then you gouged out the eyeballs of every kid in town. Like <laughs> this is this is really gruesome, and I don't really understand the the point of like I don't understand what you gain from it. So uh, to me, it just sort of the 1666 part put in more questions than it answered. And then when we go back to 94, it was just kind of like the mall scene was too long. And then like the cliches at the end where it's like, oh, then the mayor gets hit by a truck. And I'm like, really? Like <laughs> we, we've come so far. And then you just end it so cheaply with like, oh, look, now bad things are happening in Sunnyvale. Wow. Look, the mayor got hit by a truck. And I'm like, oh, okay. and, and they're happy about it. Yeah. Like, I don't it's like, that... what's, what's that message? It's like, oh, we want things to be better for us, but we also want them to be worse for the people on the other side. Yeah. It's like, yeah. not, you know, yeah, that's I mean? a good point. It's like, Can't wait, we the all just be what? happy. The curse yeah. is lifted. That means that like everybody's on a level <clears throat> playing field as far as tragedy goes. Like, why are, why is the other side being cursed now? Like, mm -hmm. is that was that the message that that? I don't know. Maybe it's it's that somebody has to pay. So if it's not Shady Side paying, then Sunnyvale has to pay. Huh? Maybe maybe that's it. I just assume I assumed with that scene because I actually quite like that scene, and um, I only like because of the music and um so <laughs> but i love the fact that they come out of some really nice house covered in blood uh oasis live forever kicks in and then the mayor's car gets slammed by a uh is it was it a garbage truck, truck. Or garbage truck or whatever and um but i i just make the assumption that like it wasn't necessarily that their town's now cursed it's just that that could have happened anyway 
Well, like I think ne- specifically it was because the mayor is a good. So yeah. I think now the good family is cursed, cursed. is kind of how it works. Right. Like you had your chance and you fucked it up. And so now we're coming after you. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because I don't think he did anything wrong. I think he just was mayor and his Yeah, because I don't think the whole brother. family was in on it. I think yeah, I think it was, it was kind of like born. Yeah. yeah, like you you choose who carries on the, the thing. So yeah. Henry didn't buy it. Henry's like, sure, didn't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If Henry's Jamaican ass doesn't buy it, then I don't buy it either. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, for me, I I think it did fairly well. Like, I'm glad that it got split into two. Like, I'm glad that a good chunk of it was in, you know, in the 16th century. Um, and I, accents aside, fairly enjoyed it. Uh, it was very stereotypical, though. Like, and it did annoy me the whole. And I assume this is what happened, must have happened anyway. But like, a man getting rejected. Okay, so they're witches. Like, I. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a historian, but I assume things like that happened, like men getting rejected and taking it very badly. And when that happened, I was like, oh, it still on. happens. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but they don't hang people now for it. Like, and, um, no, they just so, kill them. Well, well, men yeah, kill they, more women in this world than anything else, than any other drowning, airplane accidents, fire. No, men kill women. No, period. no, 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 I know, no, I know, but I mean, like, but when he was like stood up in front of him saying there's like witchcraft, and I was like, oh, yeah. I can see where this is going. I, uh that part yeah wasn't great but i guess it just happened back then and there's probably a lot of women that were probably accused of witchcraft because of silly things that like and and you know and i I've, we all know about how they had to prove that they weren't witches if they floated they were witches let's be honest how many of them got to float like so um but yeah so and but in terms of wrapping it up i actually thought it was quite clever some of the stuff like um the whole twist of solomon good I'll be honest with you, I saw it coming about 30 seconds before. Like, once you said, does anyone else know about this? I was like, yeah. oh, here we go. The moment they ask, does anyone else know? Like, if I ever find something out and I'm telling someone and they go, does anyone else know? I'll be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and I think I Bruno's the other one who's going to get this, but DC versus vampires. Did you did you think about that? Did you, re- no. you read the book? I read like 20 books yesterday. Oh, I barely remember that one, bro. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. Uh, well, like, I if I'm ever sitting down and I'm like saying, oh, I think I know there's a murderer. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Have you told anyone else about this? I'm like, yes. I've told loads <laughs> Everyone. I have told everyone. I, uh, literally just before <laughs> I came here, I made a video and I sent it to everybody I know. And I actually <laughs> in the video said I was coming to your house. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, like, 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 100% would like never ever be in that position. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it was, it was like in terms of an origin movie and the structure and everything. I think they did, they did all right with it. Like, in terms of the only one thing that I particularly hated about this movie was when Dina ran past that flipping witch's book. And I was like, what are you doing? When she left it there. And at the end, when someone snatches it, like, I was like, no, no, no. Like, I was like, when is part four coming out? Because clearly, <laughs> like that. But yeah, I mean, they they actually have said that that they would like to use this as a MCU type horror movie thing and build from this. So once that book got snatched, I was like, it was so simple, Dana. You ran past it. It would have taken you ten seconds to have picked that book up and burnt it. Like, you know, paper burns. It's not the Jumanji board. Thing. I mean, it could have been like Jumanji, but we're never gonna know now, are we? So that was the only thing that annoyed me. Well, it was weird because it was an evidence. I mean, like there was tape everywhere. There was like, like, you know, when they have like bullet casings, they put those little numbers and stuff like that. But like, why would they leave the book? Is that supposed to be like a supernatural 
reappearance of the book. Like maybe it wasn't there and it just- Well, if they hadn't left it there, they couldn't have made a part four, so. <laughs> well, so it's a plot device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, oh. other thing, the other thing I wanted to say was, um, didn't they kind of preach in the second one that when you join the hand with the body, the curse is lifted? Like, wasn't that the assumption? Like, hey, we have, and that was the whole point of the, of the second movie when it transitions to the third. It's like, hey, we know where the body is. Where's the hand? And she's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, we well, got to get these two together and that the curse that. is gone. Well, they like, well but they assumed that that would end the curse. And what it did was it showed you the truth. Right. It showed you yeah. more because that wasn't the, the curse. It yeah. wasn't the witch's curse. It was the you know the, it was the, the good devil's, curse. Yeah, yeah, the good right. the devil yeah. curse. Yeah, I just Monish, thought it was weird uh, in the book. They could have said, "Hey, when you join the hand, you're gonna you're gonna vision the past, and then all of a sudden you'll know what to do." It's like uh, we we kind of thought it was just the joining of those two of the body parts would do it. Yeah. But then of course we learned that that's just a vision, a way of seeing the actual truth. So I think the assumption I made is that like obviously over the years things change and history changes and things like that and how much of it or did the good family subtly alter history you know to suit their own agenda and narrative so this whole putting everything on seraphina over the years kind of deflected from the good family so i'm laughing every uh, time you call her seraphina because who the fuck is seraphina seraphir seraphir sorry seraphina sorry seraphir have you seen those fina street movies they're great seraphir seraphir i don't know why i keep saying it sorry i'm ill just blame it on me seraphir there you go anyway um i mean do you guys have a favorite killer in this movie like, or did it change like by the time you got to the very end of the trilogy did your favorite or killer at this point, change or at this point do you even care i don't care yeah same i mean who even got killed in this one it was just the the priest killed all those kids right yeah. i mean yeah, were there were there that, other murders that's pretty Sarah horrible. got hung uh yeah. the two the yeah. two cops in the mall but we don't even know who they were yeah right. i didn't care about them yeah Mm-mm. yeah I mean, that was obvious they were going to kill it off. The sheriff, uh, I think, was probably the best killing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was probably the best killer in the film. I I, mean, I, I don't know. He was still too intact body-wise. I mean, if they brought Ziggy back after she'd been stabbed 50 bajillion times, like, he only got shot once. Like, he see, easily... You've never, been to, you've never been to prison. Could have been revived. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I To me, like unless you get decapitated then there's always a chance for you to come back so i was i was very unsatisfied with the way that nick good died Hmm. i think the Mm -hmm. montage i think i think when they super soaked all the killers and they were all just hacking each other apart that was like the best part i was like oh yeah this is gonna be like freddy versus jason all over again like (laughs) it's gonna be insane and then i mean together for that to be in the same movie that, that that was the hard thing like the two parts of the movie did not blend together at all no the tone the no. tone of the first hour was completely different yeah. than the second like that that wwf match that we got in the mall <laughs> yeah the Rumble. mesh well with, yeah. with the rest of it yeah and know, um I, I wanted to say another thing about yeah mark you had mentioned that you liked that bit that where at the end of the second one and this ties in with the end of the third one where they they tricked you into which sister was going to die or which sister yeah, was telling, was telling twist, the story. Yeah. Here's, here's my thing. Like, I don't think it was worth it to have, if the girl that played, and I'm just going to call it again, the Stranger Things girl, if in the third movie, 
in the third act, if she was a redheaded girl with bright blue eyes and freckles, we would be like, oh, that's that girl. Even though we know it's that girl, it never like I never believed that that was that girl. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was worth it or maybe it was. I wonder what you guys think. Was it worth it for that where they subverted our expectations of who it was? And then we didn't get that connection in the third movie as well as we could have with that character and her prior relationship with good and all that she just seemed like some random chick that was there at the end of the movie you know what i mean yeah i I think like it was a bit of a miscast in there i think that probably the two teenage sisters in the second film should have both been like i know both brunettes or something like that so then that way in the future when we've got ziggy in the future who's a brunette like you can kind of get like right that that is that you're like oh it's you like you could have still had them be different characters you know like in terms of the two sisters one is the smart serious student type and the other one is rebellious i don't know sort of spicy thug type one um you know like like, you know she, she wasn't a thug but you know she was rebellious like and um the gangster one like, and, oh, um, so, like <laughs> that's, that's obviously a joke but anyway so yeah, and um but yeah i think you could still have them be very their own character and then have it like in the future be like and um that kind of thing oh, i wanted to say you know we made a joke about jumanji earlier like in the second uh when we go and get uh meet ziggy's sister that so reminded me of um the jumanji film where they were couldn't carry on playing the board game and then had to go and find um the girl who's an adult now mm-hmm. and get her to join in the film uh so get the board game and like because she she and she kind of knows like like not all the answers but she was kind of obviously traumatized by what happened in the sort of 60s 70s and they kind of bring her in that whole thing in fear street when they went and found older ziggy and had to, and that she had to help like i thought that was very jumanji so mm-hmm. um i don't yeah, know kind of sure. gone off on a tangent here but um favorite so, survivor yeah the whole series favorite who, oh, who? Oh. henry henry yeah. all day henry yes yeah. he wins every category i love yeah. it i love best, it best accent henry <laughs> most entertaining henry best survivor henry i think i, I love Smartest it when he, henry Smartest I love, henry i love it though that scene at the end where um dina and henry come out like um dina put some horrible food in the plate and he's like i can't my doctor said i can't eat whatever that is but, uh, <laughs> honestly yeah he, he i think he's gonna have a much bigger bigger better career like a big career i could see big things for him he does yeah. he does he does he's a nickelodeon well. kid he came through the machine already so yeah. he's he's got a lot more experience <laughs> yeah. i did love his ending too with him on the cat like getting this cat yeah. signed and then meeting yeah, the, girl. the aol yeah. girl yeah that was sort of showing a little bit of a future romance for him that he didn't completely end up on his own yeah so. come on who had aol or aim i had aim i totally had aim i lived on aim Absolutely. back when i was in like middle school chat rooms yeah man. Oh, yeah. Oh, Net- netscape we had netscape it was who <laughs> <laughs> no we used to actually like if you're walking down the street okay my apologies but we like if when people like most people still got the paper and you get those little AOL discs in the oh, newspaper, oh, yeah. man, on the way to school in the mornings, we would just walk by people's paper. We wouldn't take the paper, but we sure as shit took those AOL discs, man. <laughs> hundred free hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love that. I did love that line in the first one. Do you know how much AOL costs? And he's like, no, man, I'm nicking it from the neighbor. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That reminded me of uh, again that reminded me of like pump up the volume where he's like nicking the uh, neighbor's phone line so um 
anyway, I'm going to get it right now. But what did you guys think about the ending for Sarah Fear, the good family, and even Dina and and family as well? By the way, I do love before we say any more the fact that we never meet Dina and Henry's parents. Like, yes, thank like, you. Yes, it just implied that the dad's yeah. a drunk. Well, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, he, he's not around. But, yeah, so. I don't think there well, is a mom because they only ever mention a dad. Yeah, did mom die or mom left? I think they said mom left or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe it's shady side. I mean, she probably died. One of the two. <laughs> Maybe she went over the road to the Sunnyvale. Got no, you can't. You can never can't. leave. It's like Hotel California. She's got ripped. <laughs> she's got ripped polos and stained polos and stuff over there. Yeah. You can't. You can't run that curse. Uh, okay. All right. Let's start with you, Vano. What do you think of the end? Uh, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't care for it. I didn't. I mean, it. It did. It tie things up in a decent little bow. They left Henry alive. They left <laughs> Dina alive. Dina and Sam get to hook up now. So I mean, yes, that's all satisfactory. But I just. By the time it got to that point, I no longer cared. I was I was way over it, you know. Yeah, the third movie did that to you, man. Right, <laughs> Nick. What about you? Uh, yeah. So when when we get the revelation that it was the good family kind of all along, I think that the, it it should have ended way sooner. But then you had to kind of go back to the nineteen ninety four cast, and you had to tie up that loose end as well. So like, I don't know how else you really do it, but um. I don't know. The, the ending was just too long. I liked all the little Easter eggs. There's tons of payoff moments in this thing. Everything from when they're burying the body and they put the little crown of bear, uh, leaves or whatever it is, like you see that in the mm-hmm. first one. There's so many like loose ends that are tied, little Easter eggs that are tied up like that, which was the most enjoyable thing, I think, about the third movie. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Overall, we should have probably saw it coming. I mean, Nick Good. You, you got to follow the horror trends and just assume yeah. it's like the most obvious person Yeah, is probably the killer. So I think there's a lot of, in retrospect, there's a lot of obvious things we missed. Uh, I don't know. I think they did the best they could as a trilogy. I think it works, but you know, I don't know. I didn't like the way they did it at the end though. Okay. Cookie, Cookie, what about you? I, I agree with these gents. Uh, I think it, it ended as best as they could end it. I'm just really happy that Henry got, got to, got to get a win. He got a win in there. He became <laughs> oh, yeah. a man. I, I was happy for him. So for future oh, reference, this is the Henry fan club here. Okay. Right. We are we are the five founding members of the Henry fan club. For sure. You know, you know what's funny is like he's not even that good. He's yeah. not that that entertaining. Just when you put him next to all these other characters, yes. like Henry, give yeah. me more Henry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Well, it's either Henry or the weird kid that jacks off in the bathroom. Come right. on. Like, right. how is that even like a decision to make? He's well, I just think so I prefer, over the top. Yeah, I think I prefer Sam, who has like nothing about her. Over she's a zombie weird, half the time. Over yeah, the weird she, kid who jacks off in the bathroom. Like, she just looks tired all the time. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> she always looks exhausted. Yeah, is that is that what it is? I'm sorry. Okay, so it's exhaustion. It's, she's not a zombie. Mm. Oh man, I think the third one, yeah, did did the best that it could. It was still terrible. Um, but I enjoyed the twist. I really did. I I enjoyed the twist. Uh, I just wish it hadn't been so awful to get there. Like if, you know, could we have gotten there without as much misery on my end as the viewer? Like that would have been better. Uh, so, but I feel like because of all of the other garbage that we had to go through, it just, the impact isn't the same. Like it's, you know, in better hands with a better budget, better cast, like that would have been, that would have been a home run. I think that would have been such a phenomenal film, 
if it had the opportunity to have been done right. Uh, but the entirety of the 1666 bit was just like, I cannot believe that this past editing, this past producers, this past, like everybody signed off on this. And then Netflix was like, okay, guys, here you go. <laughs> like, shame on all of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Let this go as is. Shame on you. Uh, yeah. So um, before we go into ratings, throughout all three movies, there's there's a lot of different music. I there was several tracks in each movie that jumped out at me. Was there any any tracks for you guys that like you loved or like even the helped with the scene itself? Um, I've got there's there's two actually in part one and part two that I particularly loved. Um, but before I jump into that, like, what do you guys? Anyone got any thoughts on the music, or you just didn't care? Like, um, Verno, what about yourself? Like, anything? Any thoughts on the music? Oh, there was. I mean, there was bangers left and right in the, oh, in no, the 90, no. it, well in the seventy eight stuff and the ninety four stuff. But if I had to go, I'll, I'll do two. The one I just loved how they used. Don't you know I'm loco? <laughs> and she used that like that that gunshot. Oh, that there. yeah yeah that was dope. And then. Every time I was sitting there fucking hating this 1666 movie. I'm like, this is terrible. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. They're like, Mo murder, Mo murder. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm come again. Like, that was the shit. And that's like, that's kind of a deep cut. Like, people don't necessarily know Mo murder. I mean, maybe we all do, but that was, I was, hell yeah, bone. I love that. So that was the shit. Oh, oh uh, what, Nick, any, any favorite tracks and scenes? Like, like, like I mean, those scenes helped by the music for yourself. Uh, yeah, you know what? It, it's one of those movies. It's one of those instances where I can't pinpoint the exact songs that they use, but every single song they use, I was like, of course they would pick this song, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it made every song was a, just a complete banger and it was, everybody knows them. Uh, but then when I'm trying to think back, I'm like, I can't name two that they, right. that they actually used. <laughs> and that really worked. It almost feels like when I was watching it, I was, I was thrilled that they used those songs because I listen to those songs all the time. And then but at the same time, I hated it because I feel like they're just kind of playing to the audience a little bit. And they're like, yeah, we know what the 90s was like. Here's some really popular 90s songs or we know what the 70s are like. You know what I mean? So like it kind of was a double edged sword for me, the way that they use the music um, in that one. Now, I touched on this earlier The the I can't remember her name. Was it Ruby? Her appearance and the, and the way that they used her mm -hmm. song and, and everything was just was perfect. I, I, I love that. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, the music was obviously great, but I, I don't remember it. And I thought it was pretty cliche that they picked some of the songs, but not to say that that's not on my playlist daily. But so, how else would you know that it took place in 1994? Yeah, Nirvana. We had yeah. to hear that, right? Like, <laughs> okay, of course we did. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so all about, all about you, Cookie. I, I got a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy vibes. Um, and they pulled a lot of songs from there as well. So I'm with Nick. I, I really couldn't pinpoint one exact song, but I just, the second that I did hear some of the songs, I was like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, oh, Stranger Things. And yeah. it, it worked. It Good definitely point. worked. It fit the mold of what they were trying to go for. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, there was two scenes for me, like where I like really loved the music. I've already told you guys about earlier, at the end of the part three, when Dina and Sam are walking out of, um, out of Nick's house. And they're literally covered in blood, and then suddenly "Live Forever" kicks in. I was like, "Fucking yes!" Like, I love Oasis. And um, but like in the first film, when Dina gets on the bus and Cypress Hill music's kicking off, and like, and yeah. then when she sits down, I actually think this is quite cool when they do this. And like, they, this is not original what they did here, but when she puts her headphones on, the music instantly changes, and then it uh, changes to um, oh, what was it? 
um uh creep um and like uh, yeah, and i was radio like head. oh yeah, yeah radio head, yeah and like and i was like oh i love that track as well and it is so 90s but mm. like i love i love the whole the way they switched it up and i, I think it really worked for that scene because she because it's it, like i you know those buses i know you talked about they've never fit that many people but i loved how student buses are always chaotic and like yeah. so and like and, they, and she was getting abuse as she's walking down the, the sort of the aisle and like and it's everyone's all like party party city because everyone's like students don't really care that they're going to like a like a <laughs> like a funeral thing they're just all like you know we're on a bus and now we're gonna go crazy but then i love that she's gone into sort of misery mode and creep is like the perfect track to go with that misery mode she's so, a loner okay like the how yeah. else are you gonna know again that she's a loner unless yeah. the music tells you yeah. that yeah, yeah unless yeah. tom york comes on there and is like yeah that, yes. that she's like that exactly yeah. uh, the only song i remember uh is carry on wayward son of course uh oh yeah supernatural very fitting to put that song in the 78 film so I didn't pay attention to the music. I mean, I recognized most of the tracks from the nineties, but it didn't, I think I was at the, the, especially in the first film, it was just like, okay, how much longer do we have in this film? So (laughs) even the music couldn't pull me into it to make me want to keep watching. Okay. So I'm going to rate, I'm going to rate the movie and the trilogy. So just go around the virtual room, rate, rate your movie and, and rate your overall all three together. So, uh, Cookie, how would you rate this movie? Three point trilogy. two. Three point two for the movie, and then yeah. for the trilogy, I would give it about a four point six. What? Wow, <laughs> that's high. Yeah, I think it's high because when you look at everything combined as one, and not because I like you, I binge watched it all. So when I did that, it was long. It was it was super long. But I've I've sat through Lord of the Rings multiple times so I'm like, yes. it, there's no candle to that yeah but they're um, fantastic oh absolutely and i love the books too that's <laughs> side piece but yeah when you look at it as a whole it all it all works together the writing is fantastic yeah it could have been a hell of a lot better could i have done a better job absolutely not i am not anywhere near a writer or a director but it, it worked and i enjoyed it and as a person who doesn't like horror films at all i enjoyed this so okay if you all can right. get somebody to enjoy it why not Nick, what about yourself? I think for this movie as a standalone, what did I say? I think I said two five, and I think I said four two five. I'm gonna say probably a three for this one as a standalone, but that I think all together maybe like a three five because of all the connections and everything that Cookie just said. Like you, you don't get the full picture unless you watch all the movies. So as a trilogy, yeah. it's really fun to see all the pieces fall into place. With with that said, the first movie's a mess. The second movie had this weird split with the two different scenes, and some of it, a lot of it, didn't work in both eras that they had. But you needed all that context to understand the full story. So, mm-hmm. um, as a trilogy, I thought it was pretty cool and clever, but it still wasn't outstanding. I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. I'll say probably a three for the whole, and yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> all know. right, Verno. I'll go for this one for the, for the third film. I'll give it like a two. Like I think okay. it was it's not good uh, for the experience as a whole. I'll go like a, a four four point two five again because I thought it was like that's the word. It's clever. It was pretty clever. Like it was well written. I don't think it was super well executed, but mm-hmm. it was it was pretty impressive actually to put all those stories together and have it make that much sense. And it was. 
pretty damn entertaining and it had some banger songs, as we mentioned. And uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. It, a lot of that is coming from the second movie because after mm-hmm. watching it again, I loved it. And I kind of I liked the first one, too. So I'll, I'll final answer for what I say. Four point two five overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Solid. OK, Mark, I what think, you got for the first one? I mean, for the I third think, one. Uh, I think I'd rate the movie itself. I'd go, probably go down a bit on the movie, but three point five for the movie. But as a trilogy, I, I'm leaning somewhere. Do you know what? I'm going to go with 4.25 wow. as a trilogy. I think because I think like Verno said here, it is actually written really well. I think when you rewatch the first one, you can see the cleverness of this trilogy. Like right. there's just so many things that they've lined up. They've definitely, like, you know, I can imagine that they wrote the first one wrote the second and third and then went back and kind of started to structure them together because i can't imagine that they wrote every single thing in the first one for the third one but i imagine that they, when they were viewing them as a whole they probably tweaked several things like and even probably during the actual filming and editing process they were it, i think it's i would say you know generally been executed well i know there's some issues here and there but i'm i'm think it's actually a very well planned out trilogy and i think there's a lot to be said for something that's well planned and mm-hmm. it's definitely well planned mm-hmm. so yeah um, i'm not being generous at all this third film gets a one and a half for me oh, and wow. that yeah. that extra half point is being extremely generous i think um uh-huh. the the third movie is a wreck like the first movie is a mess and the third movie is a wreck um overall i give the whole trilogy three and a half I did like the twist. I did like the thread that carried through all three. Uh, but as an overall product, it's still very kind of middle of the road to me. So that gives us an average of 2.64 for the third film, which is our worst rated, and an average of 3.92 for the whole trilogy. So Do you guys I mean, three. Know the Rotten Tomato scores get better for each one. Isn't that funny? What? Yeah. It's, I don't yeah. I don't I honestly don't know how anyone watched the third film and enjoyed it like it depends on what you're looking for I think it's because the message the message that they gave it's I don't know but it's not (coughs) it's not good enough to overlook everything else you ever ever look at Rotten Tomato scores (laughs) no never that's it's so it's a big factor (laughs) I don't you know I I've had this argument with my brother loads of times I don't judge something I want to watch based off of someone else's rating if I want to watch it I'll watch it I I might I'll look at ratings sometimes like afterwards out of curiosity for other people's thoughts but I'm like no if I want to watch that I'm I don't care about opinions right but but this is where I like other people's podcasts because I'm like uh actually no the only time I, I will watch something or listen to something beforehand, Verno, uh, you're one of the people. Like, I can't afford every comic book out there. So things like when people read 20 or 30 comics, I'm like, yeah, okay, I will listen to that, and I'll, that will help me pick my select few that I might pick up. And Verno, actually, your weekly well, – I've been listening to iFanboy for like 20 years, and um, but they they're, they're, I've been listening to their show. But actually, it's been quite nice to spice up yours as well. Like, And I like the fact that you're – you round it down to 20 minutes, which actually for your week, for your Wednesday one, where you sort of give a spoiler free review actually does quite help me when it comes to me spending money. Um, <laughs> like, so um, appreciate uh, that. So that's, that's fine, man. Like, and, uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for spending that money. So, um, <laughs> thanks yeah. for spending money. So I don't have to thank yeah, you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, um, I know you do the same Nick, but um, 
uh, but obviously his uh, podcast episode comes out on a Wednesday pretty much. And uh, so thanks for reading it always on a Wednesday as well. And then uh, obviously I catch Nick at night as well. And um, you got to and um, anyway, so next episode, episode 75, we'll be joined from Matt from Talking Pop Culture in Australia and uh, be the second time ever on the podcast that we'll have three countries on one episode. Uh, we'll be reviewing Zach's, uh, Zach Snyder's Army of Thieves. And um, so uh, just want to say thanks to everyone, uh, every, every, like all of our guests, uh, obviously the three of you, Cookie, Nick, and Verno, and obviously guests we've had this month as well, uh, celebrating Halloween with us. Uh, so guys, just before we finish up, uh, just start with Cookie. Where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, on Instagram at Just Little Podcast, on Twitter at Just Podcasting, and on YouTube at Just Little Podcast. Uh, Nick? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram as well, Nick Comic Culture, and I'm on uh, YouTube under the same name. Vano? Uh, YouTube, just search uh, The Cerebros. You might have thrown in comics <clears throat> to make sure that it, it pops up right away. We're working on that. But uh, <laughs> on, on Instagram, at Cerebros, the, and don't use Twitter, people. It's a terrible place to be. But I'm on there, <laughs> but just stay off it. You don't, you don't want that as part of your life. Come on, man. Get off there. <laughs> It's a, it's a nasty place to be but <laughs> listen man twitter twitter is my favorite place to be Ooh. anyway uh don't forget we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time our 11th late to the party book club episode was batman the long halloween by jeff loeb and tim sale that episode dropped mid-october uh just in time for spooky season it's our next book club we are going to be taking a look at the first two volumes of fables you can also follow us everywhere on social media we are on twitter as well and instagram and facebook as geeks unleashed and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast google podbean apple spotify we are everywhere so please give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends also give cookie nick and verno five-star reviews everywhere as well anyway thanks for listening and guys thanks for joining us so everybody have a good week and hopefully i'll feel better for the next podcast good journey Thanks yeah, good journey, everyone. Appreciate you.